York, New York, big city of dreams. I'm coming, coming, I'm coming straight out. New York, New York, big city of dreams. What's going on? This is Jay Ellis from the Nick of Time show here giving you that Nick's talk just in the nick of time. And it's time to celebrate a win, even though I don't want to celebrate too hard because there's the Pistons. But guess what? We still won and beat them 118 to 112. Julius Randle damn near had a triple double and gave you 29 points, 10 rebounds and eight assists on the night. Jalen Brunson, he did a little bit of work. He just near average, you know, 42.8 assists, six rebound night from Jalen Brunson. And DiVincenzo comes in with some clutch buckets, hitting threes, gave us 12 points, hit four of eight from three, and every single shot was a three-pointer. And you know what? Despite the Pistons giving us a scare, we were up 16 in the first half. They tied it by halftime, and they were raining threes for a team that's 25th in the league in three-point shooting. Even though all that went against us, we still prevailed, and we came up with that W. So we're going to talk about it all, the good, the bad, the ugly, and everything in between. And I hope you guys enjoy the show because we got a special guest today. So I'm going to introduce you. I'm going to introduce everybody. First and foremost, the man, the myth, the legend, the guy, the stats, and the facts. Ryan G's in the building. We got yes, sir. Of, yes, sir. We got uh, the Latin assassin, ESPN contributor, Leah Scabito. We got we got my my girl, rookie of the year, the KOT show, uh, college athlete, D1 baller, Ebony in the building. And of course, you already know my man. Dexter from SNY journalist, very, very cool. One of the coolest dudes on the planet. Shout out to Dexter, very knowledgeable. We had like a little mini show beforehand before we even started. So <laughs> you just cannot talk basketball with Dexter. What's going on, Dexter? Ain't much, man. Good. Happy to be here. Always happy to uh, be part of the KOT family. So I was like, when you guys have me on, pleasure to be on with Ebony. I've been watching her do her thing. So yes. Just happy, happy to be happy to be on with you guys, man. Talk some Knicks hoops. Always a good time. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Yo, Dexter, isn't it a luxury to suck for a half the night and then have an all-star caliber point guard like Jalen Brunson just come in and just save you? Uh, one of the I was kind of cocky about winning this game earlier, and I I soon found out I was a little bit too cocky. But one of the reasons I'm so cocky is because we have Jalen Brunson here. As a failsafe, when everybody else does bad, he's gonna give, he's gonna show up and he's gonna give it his points and he's gonna be efficient. And that's exactly what he did today. Oh, tell me what you thought of the game and Jalen Brunson's game today, Dex. Yeah, so I, I understand why you're a little bit cocky, right? Like I get it. And it's funny because you and I were texting before this game. You were like, oh, should should be a win. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. You know, they lost 15 <laughs> in a row. Feels like Detroit might be due. And I'm sure there's a lot of other Nick fans out there that felt the same way. I think to your point, though, the more we see of Jalen Brunson and how he's played, and you saw the fans at the Garden chanting MVP tonight, um, he is a failsafe for the Knicks. You feel at times as though he's going to be the reason that they're not going to lose, especially against the teams they're supposed to take care of. You can even say against the teams that – are on their level or even better. We saw this, you know, with Miami. Mm -hmm. The problem is, I think if you're a Nick fan looking at this game and my thoughts on the game are that 
the Knicks got to stop playing with their food, man. You got to stop playing with your food, right? Yeah. When you got Detroit coming into the garden, this is not a good team. They've lost 15 games in a row. They're out of sorts. They can't shoot from downtown. Everything you got, you want to see them take care of business. And it looked like the Knicks were going to do that. They're up 14 after one. Mm-hmm. And then everything just goes. And it really comes down to this. And I think something that's a little bit concerning in the last couple of games that you saw saw from them uh, to this week, the Phoenix game, and then you look at this game, uh, the Phoenix game obviously being a loss, the defensive intensity not yes. consistent. And I think that's the thing that I take away from this. You Tibbs talked about this after the game. The defense has to be better. You have a team like that. You got to clamp down. This would have been a nice night. Also, I think Knicks Nation will agree with me on mm-hmm. this. Had you dominated defensively, taking care of the job on the boards, blowout win, you get to rest some starters. Remember, the Knicks are flying to Toronto. They play tomorrow. For those who don't know, when a lot of NBA players, when they're flying to Toronto, they don't like it on a back-to-back because you have to deal with customs and going through all that. Mm. Shout out to my beat writers like Stefan Bondi, who's going up there. They don't want to deal with that either. I understand <laughs> all that. So I think that it's this is this is a win where your points are right, Jay Ellis, in that it's nice to see what Brunson could do, giving you the 42 piece and all that. But at the same time, you're like, man, I wish this team took care of business against a much lower echelon team at home. That's something you would have liked to have seen. I agree, especially the second unit. I feel like the second unit in general was kind of letting me down a little bit. Um, but Ebony, I since this is your first time with with, with Dex, I'm, I'm going to pass the ball to you and let, and let us know what you think about what Dex did, your thoughts on Jalen Brunson, whatever is on your mind. Um, I just think like I, I, I noticed in the past prior games that oh yeah, first of all it's an honor to be on the panel with you, Dexter. Nice Let's to meet to meet 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 you. Let's Definitely. Go. Um, but yeah, I uh I just want to say that, that when we play one on one basketball, it's a struggle. It is a struggle. It is not pretty basketball for us. It, it doesn't really work. It keeps people out of rhythm. Um in the first half, we had 45 shots. And 30 of them came from our big three. Yeah. So, like, it, it was very, 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 very ball dominant for the big three today. Like, and, and like, I think um only maybe five shots, five shots for quickly was the third, the fourth most after RJ with eight in the first half. So then you could kind of feel why people will be out of rhythm and a little off. iHeart didn't hit, get his first shot attempt until third, the third quarter. I believe it was like the third quarter. He got his first shot, shot attempt in bucket. So it's just, uh, I get, we got scorers. I know Brunson's a scorer, but with me, I just would like him to, everybody would like him to try to get other people easier shots. So it's easier for him because he can get, as we can see, he can score whenever he wants to. Everybody else might not be on that same page, you know, so to try to help get easier buckets for the others. Or keep them involved in the game, locked in, so they're not all for you know we shot we didn't shoot well that first half or the game period from three especially. Mm-hmm. Right. But uh, oh. Brunson is a burner. Fourth quarter should be him. Fourth quarter definitely should be him. Just give him the more ball and move out his way, kind of thing. But in order to do that, you got to get the others involved. The other quarters. <laughs> <laughs> so. I agree. I agree. Ryan, what do you think? Um, yes, I think this was overall just a trap game for the Knicks because, you know, Pistons lost 15, 16 in a row. 
And, you know, you're thinking that, you know, this team might be, you know, there comes a time when pride has kicked in for these teams, right? So you lose 15, 16 in a row, you know, you're going to eventually, you know, as a team, you're going to be like, you know, we're tired of losing. So you're going to step up. And tonight, the that's what the Pistons did. You know, you, and it's a trap game sometimes because sometimes the team can be complacent going into those games because they look at a team and they're like, oh, this team lost 15, 16 in a row. You know, I don't have to play that hard against them. And sometimes you go in with, you know, not not a lack of effort per se, but like you're not fully focused. And that allows that team that, you know, lost 15, 16 in a row to hang around all game. And really what the difference was in the game was that in the fourth quarter, fourth quarter execution, the Pistons will lose 15, 16 games in a row for a reason. You know, they don't execute well in the fourth quarter. And the Knicks, that, and the Knicks being 11 and 7, the Knicks not executing in the fourth quarter and basically got big shots from Brunson, Randall, et cetera. And I also like the two-man game that Brunson and Randall were playing as well because the two-man game, what it allows them to do is it, it, it allows them to create mismatches for both Brunson and Randall. So oftentimes when Randall was operating in the post, you know, um, going one on one. A lot of times he had Hayes on him, yeah. or you know, or basically somebody who's a guard on him, and that allowed Randall to take advantage of him. And at the same time, he gave Brunson mismatches as well to take advantage on the offensive end. Also, so I like the two man game that they got going on. And at the end of the day, a win is a win, and the Knicks did what they were supposed to do. But I'm, but I'm very, I'm very convinced that if this game was in Detroit, Knicks would have smacked them by twenty because we all know the Knicks play better on the road than they do at home. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that is true. I don't know if you have anything to add to that, Dexter. Um, yeah, I I think there's I think there's some things in both what Ebony and Ryan said, and I think that Ebony and we all were talking about this before we started recording. But one of my concerns, I know we'll get to this, Jay Ellis is is the ball movement. So I'll, I'll I'll wait for you to come back. I'll come back to that. But I think the Knicks are very efficient when they are hunting these mismatches. Like Ryan said, in the two man game, we saw that it was very efficient in the fourth quarter. I think another thing to keep an eye on DiVincenzo hit some big threes, especially in the fourth quarter. I think mm -hmm. he hit four in the game today. Um, you know, and I was talking, I was texting with two of my boys uh, who were Knicks fans and they were like, Oh, the seat might be getting hot for Grimes who seems to have lost a little bit of his confidence mm -hmm. with the shot. I I'm, I would be a little patient there because he was coming back from that wrist injury. Um, and I think we'll see what happens there. But, you know, if, if DiVincenzo continues to shoot the ball the way he is down the stretch, I think that's something to keep an eye on there. But, yeah, Brunson and Randall in the two-man game, they, they've been fantastic. Um, I just do – I have some concerns about the team and everybody eating. I get it. Everybody's not going to – I think I'm not into the – number of shots that everybody gets but i think we have to start looking at the quality of shots that maybe some other players aren't see, seeing and i think ebony and i'm sure we'll touch on this later i think ebony makes a great point in terms of others have to feel like they're involved in the offense there's something of what josh hart was saying the other day i think it's a little deeper too in Hart because he was being hesitant there's something to that yeah but we'll we, we got to keep our eye on that um, I know I am from from a media perspective, you know, watching this team and, and talking to people is that, you know, how's is the offense going to evolve more than what we've seen the last two seasons? I feel like it's a work in progress. And I feel like the people who are, most, are struggling the most out of everybody or the people who are hesitant and and the people who are most hesitant to me are Grimes and Josh Hart. Right? So like like, yeah. You, so, yeah, Grimes had what, five shots on the night. You only play 15 minutes, though. He looked mm -hmm. all the way confused. And then 
the only one who who's really not culpable is Mitch because Mitch doesn't Mitch just gets lobs, you know. <laughs> right. Mitch plays thirty minutes and gets four shots. <laughs> so. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the the point you're making, Jay Alistair, is that, and this is what I thought about when I saw Hart's comments, which is, it's one thing to say that you're not in rhythm, but we've also watched Hart be hesitant. Facts. So what you have, it, it's a kind of a question. And uh, Fred Katz wrote about this in the Athletic. I thought he brought up a good question, which was. Is Josh Hart hesitant because he's not in rhythm with the offense or is he not in rhythm with the offense because he's hesitant, right? Like it's, it's you don't know, it's kind of a chicken or egg thing. Like you don't know which one it is, but I'm inclined to think though, that because Hart's playing with the second unit and we got to give props to the bench, the bench has played very well Mm -hmm. for the Knicks thus far this season. If Hart's the one that's not in rhythm, it's like, yo, the problem might be you. It's all right. Been. Everybody else is is moving well. Yeah. So the problem might be you now. And I like Hart as a player and I love what he brings. But in terms of offense, you want to see him do a little bit more. Let the three fly when you get it. He's just been really hesitant. And you know, his usage is about the same as it was last year. So I I think it's really on him more. Yeah, I agree. That's been his problems ever since he's been in Portland. People his Portland fans have said the same thing. This man does not like mm-hmm. to shoot the rock from three. When we played the Heat. He was open for like half the series and he kept passing the ball up and it was infuriating to watch. That's the reason why he lost his spot, his, his uh, starting spot again once Grimes got healthy because Tibbs was trying to start Josh Hart for a few games until he realized uh, Josh Hart was making things harder for Julian Brunson than it was supposed to be and went right back to Grimes. Uh, Lee, I know I haven't know even talked to Lee yet. I know Lee get in here. I want to. What is what is your take on the hesitancy of of the Josh Hart, and just the, the offense in general. I mean, you know my feelings. I think all of us agree that the commonality with our criticism of Tibbs is a lack of creativity in the offense. I think he relies too much on Jalen Brunson to run things and doesn't necessarily play call as much as he could. I don't even know if he has the full repertoire of play calling offensively to really create, create something different from this roster that he's had for the last two or three years. Brunson is, I mean, when the ball was in his hands, he has one of the most highest dribbling percentages and on-ball usage percentages in the NBA. So, you know, it's a pretty guaranteed he's going to do ISO. Maybe he'll try a play. Once it gets back to him, that ball is up in his hand, and he's going to take the shot before he takes a pass. So, I mean, that's one of the reasons why our offense runs the way it does. And it's difficult to come in and find any type of rhythm or culpability within our offensive scheme because players don't really get the opportunity to cook at all but with the way that the system runs between R.J., Randall, and, and Brunson. But I want to talk about the Pistons, man. No win November, zero wins, <laughs> 16 losses, Oof. 100% ass cheats. Oof. And let me tell you, I tweeted this morning about Kate Cunningham being ass defender, and boy, did he show it tonight. Oh, yeah. My guy was cheats on defense. Brunson cooked him all night. That's not to say he's not a great offensive player, because he is, and I think he's an emerging superstar on that end of the ball, 31 points, 12-20. The, the kid, can, I mean, he's great size, great hands, great court vision, He's a big bully ball power forward running the point, but man, he's got to commit to defense. And I think this really shows the type of culture Detroit still is recovering from, even though they inserted Monty Williams as the highest paid coach of all time. There's still a lot of things that need to clean up in terms of commitment on defense, talking on defense. I didn't see a lot of communicating either. I saw a lot of like head down, shoulders slumped, and not a lot of like visibility on the sidelines, as Clyde said. No coaches getting pissed. No one yelling at guys or reprimanding them or being pulled out of games. He tried that cheeky lineup change, but the same guys who shoot the ball shot the ball tonight. So it didn't really end up in any type of differential on a bot score. 
it was still work for us too, man. I'm saying, so, yo, Killian Hayes got cooked. I mean, Killian Hayes was kind of cooking brunch. I'm not even gonna hold you. Class said, "This is just pathetic." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, was, he was talking. About, he was so disgusted about Detroit. Yeah, he was. That first quarter, he went off. That's yeah. Bad. Yeah. And Sassy yeah, was getting not. Sassy. What's his name? Sassy. I call him Sassy. What's Sassy? He's from Dallas, Sassy. Texas, baby. Sassy. Let's go. <laughs> bad. Sassy was getting Sassy too. Sassy was cooking Grimes. Like he was yep. cooking everybody out. No, no. He I'm was. sorry. Cade was cooking Grimes. I'm yeah. sorry. Cade was cooking. Um, Sassy um, shifted Randall. Yeah, uh, it was one play. He shifted him, hit the three afterwards. I'm like, where this kid come from? I look him up. It's a 8.5. 8.5 is what he averaged. And that's not what he had today. <laughs> yeah, but but Ebony, if you watch the Pistons this year, Sasser could play. He's been giving he's been giving him some good energy off the bench. In fact, at the start of the year, Monty Williams was playing him over. Uh, over uh, Ivy, yeah. well, I was trying to remember the pick from last year. He's paid them over Ivy, and so yeah. they, he's right. They got a lot of things to figure out over there because I don't know who they're playing. Sounds like Monty Williams is trying to find out who he likes. I think he likes Sasser. I think he likes a Sir Thompson because those guys seem to be playing defense Enduring. and also playing well on the offensive end. Um, yeah, that team is a lot. Which we're saying all this, and this is the reason why my point at the beginning was the Knicks should have cooked them by a should've lot more than did not, and that's the point. <laughs> I know a win is a win. I, I get it. I get it, guys. But I'm just saying they should have they should have cooked them by a little more. Yeah, yo, this is, this is, we had we had Jalen Brunson gives you 40 points. We had J, you have Julius Randle gives you almost a triple double, and you're like, damn it, it was a win. But I don't know, man. I don't know. And you know what? I don't know too. I'm I'm getting a little bit worried, guys, and I want to get your take on this. Um, a little bit worried. RJ Barrett started off phenomenal. Phenomenal. Um, we were ninth in three-point shooting. One of the reasons why we were ninth in three-point shooting, one of the reasons, because there's many reasons, but one of them is RJ started out so high from three. Um, and but ever since the migraines happened, he hasn't quite gotten back to that level that he was playing at before the migraines. And I get I, I get worried when my, when RJ misses time. I get worried because he gets out of rhythm, like like he be clapping on the one and the three. Like I don't like <laughs> <laughs> like. And since he's been back, he's been averaging what fourteen point four points at a thirty three percent field goal percentage and thirty from three point percentage. Shout out to to, to, uh, to George for into the Knicks first who posted that. Um, but Dexter, I, I want to get your thoughts on RJ's performance of the year um, since he's been back with the migraine, or, or if you're concerned or not. Uh, my concern level would be low for RJ because I I think the thing for me is he's been taking quality shots. He hasn't been playing outside of the offense. Even tonight, he had some a couple of good finishes. He had that uh, I think it was in the fourth quarter. He had that really nice spin move, uh, finish attacking attacking the basket. RJ to me, I felt this way since the playoffs last year. I thought his shot selection got a lot better. Um, obviously you want to see him hit that three point shot. He was five or 12 from the field today. Uh, five of those misses came from downtown cause he's one for six. So you want to see him shoot better. I, I do think you're right about that though. Jay Ellis, he's a rhythm player. The migraine situation, I think took him out of rhythm. Also, you got to remember conditioning. I think you got to give him some time to get to bring that back. I'm not as worried about him and Grimes. Grimes, I might be a little bit more worried about than him, but I still think he has to get some conditioning back as well, too. His Grimes, 
confidence looks a little bit off. Yeah. I don't see that with RJ. It's not the confidence. I think it's more of rhythm, and I think that'll come back. It wouldn't shock me if RJ was maybe back into his rhythm by the Milwaukee game in the playing tournament next week. Um, or you okay. know what? He's he's going back home to Toronto. He might be feeling good on uh, on Friday night. We'll, oh, that's right. we'll see. I I think he'll I think he'll be honestly think he'll be fine. I'm not worried about him. I think RJ has turned a corner as a player. I I felt he you know seven of the eleven games in the playoffs last year he was really good. I thought he played really well. And you got to give that young man credit because the first two games he was absolutely terrible. He was booty butt cheeks, and he <laughs> he came he came back and and really and really showed me. And I, I think the way he shot the ball, he's putting you hear from everybody around the Knicks. He's putting the work. He played well. Jay Ellis, when you came, I believe it was when you came on with me on New York got game on the show, you were talking about, he was the player you wanted to see yeah. the most out of this year. He was the one you were going to be really watching closely. Yeah. And so I understand Knicks fans trepidation where they see things maybe going the other way where they're just like, Oh, I, I don't know. But I did something about him that I think he's going to be fine and bounce back. And I think as long as he's still taking quality shots, I mean, five or 12 overall wasn't bad tonight. He just didn't hit his shots from downtown. Um, I think if we start seeing forcing shots, so he's really bricking really bad, then I think it's a situation of concern. But right now, if I had to put on a scale of one to ten, my concern level is at like a three because I okay. think he had a solid start and he get back to where he was before. I think that's why I'm a little bit concerned because I'm starting to see a little bit of the one on three, one on two. I'm starting to see it peaking like that Phoenix game. There was one play in that Phoenix game where it was him versus four Phoenix defenders, and he was like. I still got it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. This is the old RJ that I, I think. Remember. I think he'll be. I think he'll be okay though. Like okay. I, I, I think he will. Because even today, I, I, I didn't watch this game and I was like, oh man, the shot selection was terrible. Um, even the shots he took from downtown. You know, I say he's just slightly below fifty percent from the field from today. It's really the shots from downtown. I think the three point stroke will come back. Um. Like I said, wouldn't shock me if you had a good game tomorrow in Toronto. Wouldn't shock me at all. Got you, got you. Uh, I haven't talked to you, Ryan Gene, in a bit. I know you thoughts on RJ or even Grimes too, because I'm actually starting to get concerned about Grimes. Um, I agree with Dexter. My RJ concern is not really high at the moment. Um, yeah, there have been times when you know you look at you watch his play and you're like, ah, you know, damn, is the is the old RJ trying to peek his head out, but. Overall, I do think he has he has contained himself. Like he has been taking pretty good shots for the most part. And I think and and like I've never had a migraine before, so I have no idea how that affects you, especially after you recover from it. So, you know, just from just from that, like I like I'm willing to give RJ grace and give him time to you know find his form again. So I'm not really too concerned about RJ now. Grimes, yeah, Grimes does concern me at the moment. Um. But here's my thing, because I know a lot of people been clamoring on Nick's Twitter, you know, for the Knicks to replace Grimes in the starting lineup and put in either Dante DiVincenzo or quickly in the lineup to replace him. But here's my thing, though, because last year we've seen Grimes play in the starting lineup and we've seen him perform well mm -hmm. in the starting lineup. And now he's in a place where he's lost confidence. So it's like when you have a player that loses confidence in his game, is the right move to really put him on the bench because you because he's not playing well and replace him in the starting lineup. 
or is there, or is the right move to continue to show faith in him and be like, you know what, we believe in you. We believe that you're going to get back to where you were last season and keep him in the starting lineup and have him fight through his own battles. And I think a lot of times people just want to go for the quick fix, but sometimes, I don't know, in my opinion, the quick fix isn't the way to go. Because to me, it's like, if you want, because we all know what Grimes is capable of, and if you want Grimes to get back to that point, you have to give him time to fight his way out of his struggles right now to get back to where he was. I don't think benching him is the right move. But if I'm, but if you're talking about concern, like yeah, he does concern me at the moment with his play. And I mean, if you think about where Grimes is at, wouldn't you just follow the same scenario you did with Mitchell Robinson and R.J. Barrett when they had season-long struggles? Mitchell Robinson was a foul, like a foul-prone machine the first year and a half that he played. Can you imagine if Tibbs would have benched him like permanently for Nerlens Noel's bum ass or some other like aging vet or bum rookie that was on the bench at that time, like? That would have been the wrong move because Mitch and RJ took their lumps. They learned from it. They continue to develop. And now you got two guys playing at an all-star level in, in their respective capacities. Great the point. same thing should be happening Grimes. Grimes has been bad, I agree, for what, 14, 15 games? It's a long season, man. This is only his, what, third year in the NBA? Let's pump the brakes a little bit on the, the, the fear-mongering. Not saying you guys are doing that, but it's Twitter certainly is. And let's be a little more rational. Allow this kid to stay in the starting lineup. Get cooked. Sometimes the lessons are there when you, you review film, you understand what you're doing wrong and just communicate with your teammates. I mean, it's not that complicated. Let's keep him in the lineup and let him take his lumps. I agree with you, Paul. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think one other thing I will add there too is that we have to remember he's still the Knicks' best perimeter defender. And so yes. if you take him out the starting lineup, who are you throwing on the team's other best offensive player, particularly that plays in the perimeter? And Dante DiVincenzo ain't going to lock anybody down for you on that. He'll give you some effort, but that's not going to happen. So I think that's, I think a lot of times, not you guys here, but I think sometimes in the fan base and it, around basketball, we just think offense first. And it's like the yeah. other side of the ball matters. And he has some value there still for the Knicks. He's not hitting his shots right now. And I know everybody would like to see that but he still has value on the other end. I've still seen the effort for him defensively. I don't think it's not giving effort. He's had some bad fouls recently, but it's not that he's not giving effort. So I think pulling him from the starting lineup this quickly would be a mistake. Lee brings up a fantastic point about confidence. He talked about Barrett and also Mitchell Robinson, where you saw there, you got to get, you got to give these guys some time to work out their problems. And it's a process, man. It's a process. It's yeah, it's all a process. I keep referencing that one iconic Grimes play when New York was facing Miami in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Grimes gets clipped. He's Hell on yeah. one leg and then strips Jimmy Butler. Uh, I can't I can't imagine. I can't. Steven Chance was a great player. I can't imagine him one on one with Jimmy Butler and him just getting clipped and, and stealing the ball in, in the playoffs yeah. like that. He's going to give you that effort. He's going to give you the steals. But. Those are why we have this. That's why we have Grimes on this team for moments like that. And we, we have to be patient with young players. Last exactly. year, everybody was screaming, play the kids. Two years ago, everybody playing, was screaming, play the kids. We are, what, 17 games in now? And people are saying bench him. The same people were saying, play the kids. Last year and two years ago, want to bench him. 17 Great games point. in to the season. I don't know. Great point. I don't know. Pick a side. I'm just telling. Pick, <laughs> pick, pick, pick a side. I, 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 I want to get your 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 thoughts on IQ starting Dexter because this woo. I've noticed 
the synergy between Jalen Brunson and IQ has been freaking nominal. Like, and I think the numbers might support, but right, well, what do you think of people? People saying, you know what? Start IQ. Well, why don't we start IQ? See, I had this conversation with another friend of mine, a Nick fan, the last couple of years. The answer for me is no, right? And I think IQ is a fantastic player. I think he's a really valuable player. I think he's a winning player. Um, I think the Knicks will have to figure out what they're going to do with him, whether that is lock him up this offseason or they're going to move on and use him in terms of a trade. But to me, if you look at all the times when the Knicks have big runs, IQ always seems to hit a big shot. He's mm-hmm. always the guy doing that. Um, and I think he's so valuable to this team. He's one of the most valuable pieces of this team. He's front runner for sixth man of the year, I would say, right now. Um, I think a lot of Knicks fans thought he should have won it last year. Mm-hmm. If you start him in the backcourt, okay, this is the point I was just making before. People don't think about the other side of the ball. Every single time, Te- Dexter. Good teams, <laughs> right? Good teams in the playoffs and even now in the regular season, the elite teams already are trying to hunt Jalen Brunson. Not because Brunson doesn't give effort, but purely because of his size. Now you have two small guys in the backcourt and other teams are going to try to hunt that. So that's going to take away from you. We lo- we like IQ, the immunity he's getting. I, I think sometimes people, this isn't 2K, guys, okay? You can't just mix and match and maybe you play somebody else and they won't take advantage of the mismatches. Good teams will do this. Mm-hmm. They will take advantage of the mismatches. So That's a fact. As much, as much as I like IQ as a player and I'm lauding him and saying how valuable he is to this current Knicks team and roster, putting him in the starting lineup, with Brunson in that backcourt, nah, I don't think that's good. I think one of the issues the Knicks already have is size. You know, I think a lot of people wish they probably had a bigger wing out there that they could utilize more. So to get even smaller, no, I, yeah. I, I'm not going to. Because I think it takes away from another one of the Knicks' strengths, even with Grimes on the floor, which is they're very good rebounding team, the best rebounding team in the league. So you don't want to take away from that strength. You can't just think about one side of the ball. You got to think about both sides of the ball. And I think IQ was a six man is in his perfect role. Leave him there. Let him cook. Just leave him there. Let him cook. Yeah. He struggled today. Lord. Woo, he was like one for 20. Uh, no, two for 10. I think he was two for two 10 for today. 10. Yeah. He, he yeah. was great. But I'm going to just throw some numbers at you just to confuse you more to make it seem oh, more sure. ridiculous. What we just said, even though we sound really like smart analysts right now, Jalen, the, uh, the lineup of Jalen Brunson, Manuel quickly, RJ Barrett, Julius Randle, Mitch Robinson, plus 57. But only twenty one, only twenty one possessions, though. Only yeah, see, that's that, yeah, see that. Well, that's the point there, Jay. It's, it's a small sample size, right? Like <laughs> it's a very small set. You, but what that tells you is what that what those numbers tell you is if you use it in certain spurts or stretches, particularly when you're closing the game or middle of the fourth quarter, you can live with that. Yeah, I, I wonder also how many. Well, how you said how many possessions? Twenty one possessions. I, yes. I want to. I wonder if most of those possessions came from the Miami game because that's a game where we saw. <laughs> yeah, that's the game where you saw uh, quickly close down the stretch. So a lot of that came there quickly was fantastic in that game, yeah, right? He was and very instrumental in them coming back. Um, but I think in there'll be stretches we've seen this over the last couple of years where Tibbs has trusted quickly to close games, and I think that's fine. I think something Tibbs doesn't get enough credit for is sometimes when he recognizes lineups that are working. He's stuck with them, particularly in the fourth quarter. 
Um, and and I've, I've I've liked seeing that for the team. So I think quickly we'll get his minutes. I think another thing we do is we worry too much about who starts when it really matters who closes. Exactly. It doesn't matter as much. Yeah. People get way too caught up in the starting lineup. It yeah. doesn't matter as much. It's about what your closing lineups are, what lineups are going to work against the elite defenses in the postseason. That's the things I think fans need to focus on more. That matters more. So quickly, leave him in his role. He'll close. There'll be a bunch of times this season you'll see him close. And I think Knicks fans will be happy when they see him close. Should he start? No, uh, no, I, I don't think I, I don't think it's it solves anything for the Knicks right now. Yeah, not that he can't be a capable starter somewhere else because I was calling for him. Everybody, I keep saying I was calling for him to start game one in his first preseason game. I was like starting. It's like starter, but at the same at that time we had friendly. Well, that's because they had they had, they had Alfred Payton now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, I, I understand. I understand why you say that. I'm just I'm just saying. I understand. I get it. I'll say start that man. We got somebody who can shoot and he's competent and he's not scared to shoot like Brandon Lakina. He plays more defense than Dennis Smith Jr. at the time. Even though Dennis Smith Jr. right now is like top notch defender is crazy, but at that yep. time he wasn't. <laughs> uh, would you pay him though? I want I want to get everybody's opinion on this. Ebony, would you pay IQ his money? Because right now, I've read a couple of reports. I've read that he wants $25 million, And I wouldn't be surprised if he played himself into $30 million. I wouldn't even be surprised. Nick's is stupid. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Ebony, what you think? Ebony, I think you're muted. I'm muted. I'm muted. I see. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, um, I, I think that... Leon Rose has a, a way of making uh, great contracts. Uh, we, we've seen that. Um, he finds a way to get these contracts decent with decent numbers. Um, I, I was ready to pay quickly before the, the uh, season started. I was like, I, was, I told you I was singing Rihanna the whole whole summer. Pay him, you know, pay him what you owe him. You know, I was I was singing it the whole because I believe in him. You know, his work ethic and his confidence, you're bound to get better with his, his mindset, you know. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely I, I will pay him. He's and look, every year he's done what we asked him to do. You know, you asked him if you can you be a point guard, he shows you that. He asks you, you ask him, can you play defense? He shows you that. You ask him, can you get a mid-range? Can you get a layup package? And he says, Yes, sure. I'm gonna show you that too. So, like I yeah, I think you you pay him because what else is he gonna show us? Dexter, would you pay him 30 million? 30. I don't know about 30 though. <laughs> I thought it's funny before this season, I, you know, he wanted 25 million. Uh, my man, Michael Scotto had reported that uh, for hoop site. He had reported that. And I even thought before the season 20, I said on another show, I said, yeah, anywhere from 23 to 25, I would absolutely pay him. But here's the thing, man. Yesterday's price is not today's price. Listen, And that is what happened. That's what's happened here. Um, What's the? I think sometimes another thing too is, for me, it's not about the money; it's about the percentage of the cap that it'll take, mm. and then what else is the team trying to do? Now, one of the issues I have is we don't really get a sense of what the team is trying to do because we never hear from Leon Rose. That is a problem. Whether it's media or fans, we don't hear that, so we don't know. I just think you have to think about what the flexibility is. Would I? You know what? Quickly's probably going to get thirty mil this year. Right. Somebody's going to the Knicks have to be aggressive because somebody's going to offer him a, a offer sheet to that. Um, I think he'll get somewhere now between 25 and 30 million, just the way he started this season. Um, his game's gotten better. He came in fantastic shape in the training camp. He's gotten stronger. All the things that Ebony said, 
He has developed well as a player after being picked 25th overall three years ago. He's been, he's been fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, it's tough. You might it's, not want to. Yeah, here's the thing. Tough. You might not want to, but it doesn't matter. Yesterday's price is not today's price. So it's to me, the Knicks are in a position where they're going to have to pay him. But that's not the real question. The real question is, where do you see him fitting into your long-term plans, right? Because we know we got to remember the cap's going to go up. So you might think thirty million is a lot for a six-man quickly, but it not is. really because it's probably it's going to be a bargain in like two years. So remember, people were tripping over Jalen Brunson's contract now, two I remember. seasons ago. I right? remember. People were tripping over that. I'm not saying that quickly is Jalen Brunson, but what I'm saying is you have to look at the percentage related to the cap. Don't get focused on the number. Don't think about what a six man got five years ago. You can't look at it that way. That's not what matters. So in a way, $30 million for quickly. He's talking himself into it. I can see, I can see him. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's no, it's fine. Cause you also got to think about it. You know, you're going to have to give Jalen Brunson the bag after next season. Cause he's definitely going to opt out, right? Mm-hmm. He's going to opt out the way he's playing. He's played himself into a much bigger contract. So the percentage of cap that Jalen Brunson is going to take is going to be huge, which is why this brings up another thing. Why, where the Knicks are guys, they're in that position where they really got to start thinking about the flexibility, what star they might go after and trade out trade for, because you can't pay everybody. Then you're talking about extending possibly Grimes the next year. You can't pay everybody. So it's to them tough decisions to make. I just think quickly is too valuable for them not to sign him. He's now played himself into a position where it's almost that they have to give him the bag if that's 30 million because he's too valuable not to sign him because the value in them holding on to him, if he continues to play well, even past signing that contract, if it's $30 million, they'll be able to trade him someplace else. Somebody will still want him and see value in that. So, yeah, I think they're going to have to give him the bag. That's all I'm saying. That's it. I was thinking about when I I read, shout out to to Scotto. I I would love to have him on the program too, mind you. But when I read that, I was like, Knicks are stupid. We should should have gave him the 25 mil or whatever. We should have, because it's going to be crazy. It it was a tough spot because I saw the Knicks position on it, right? Which is that if we have a chance to get a star this year during the season, we have to keep as much flexibility as we can to get it. And it's business. I'm sure the Knicks had their number they wanted to go to. I don't know what it was. But you're, I, I know what you're also saying. It's like you could have locked him in at a tighter number. The problem is it would have taken away their flexibility to make a, to use him as a trade chip this year. So it's it's really – this is why this coming off season, because I'm not sure the Knicks will get a start this season. Maybe they will. Who knows? You never know what could happen in the NBA. But I think this coming off season is really important for the Knicks in terms of can they get a star? Will they pay quickly? There's a lot of options, but I think they want to keep their flexibility for that. So I understand. Like It's tough for me to call them stupid because I see what they were trying to do with flexibility. And here's the thing, Jay Ellis. You watched this a long time. All Everybody here, Lee, Ryan, Ebony, you've watched this for a long time as Knicks fans. Just think, them thinking about flexibility is competence. Damn, you're, yeah, Knicks fans ain't seen that in a while. It's competence. They're, they're not running out making rash moves. It's like, okay, you can live with that. It's it, I just seen this. I still remember when I was talking to Steve Popper and he told me he don't see in quickly improving. I'm in my mind. I'm like, are you crazy? I was saying in my mind, it's like, are you crazy? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this guy works hard. He studies film. He gets, he's a gym rat. How do you not improve? I don't. I'm sorry, Lee. Quickly's a very good player. Quickly's a very good player. Go ahead, so, Lee. 
I think I'm on the extremist end of a spectrum with this. I, I've been that way since the summer. I've said it loud and proud. I try at least once a week on Twitter announce pay quickly the bag, overpay him, make him the highest paid Nick. And no matter what number you throw at him under 50 mil, he will eventually play to that contract. Worry about the tax, worry about all that, that stuff later on. You're in a position at Dallas was in with Jalen Brunson and Luka Doncic. You, it's a guard's lead. You're very lucky if you have one star-making guard. I think we have two. I think IQ has the highest potential of any of the young players on this team outside of Brunson and Randall. I think his potential is sky high. Every year he's added something very crucial to his game while becoming a top-five perimeter on-ball defender in the NBA. That is a unbelievable luxury to have. You pay this kid. I don't care if it's 35 mil, 37 mil a year. It's not my money. Easy to say. I know. But I am on the extremist end of the spectrum. Pay the kid because I also think he is the eventual centerpiece for any big deal that we do. Grimes is not a centerpiece. And I know the team wants to keep RJ, Randall, Mitch, and Brunson in place. So you look at who's going to be the centerpiece in a trade for eventually whoever it is, a Zion or Brandon Ingram type player. It's going to be IQ. So might as well pay IQ the money to we don't have to include a bunch of the contracts. And he's that centerpiece both talent-wise and contract-wise to move for a, a, a superstar player to pair with Brunson and Randall. See, Lee, I don't think what you're saying is crazy. People are going to get on you and say it's crazy because you said the 35 to 37 million dollars. I'm okay with that. But I but I just want to I just want to support Lee for a second because I think the point that Lee is making is that he would be willing to invest and bet on the value of what quickly will be through that contract. I'm actually on you with I'm with you on that too. And I do think he is the biggest upside out of all the young players that are here that I trust because of the work ethic and how he's ascended and developed through that. He's the he's actually the I, I don't know, but from what people talk around the team, he's the kind of guy that I think he gets paid that much. It's not gonna go to his head and the work yeah. ethic is gonna decline. I, I don't I don't I don't think think so at all. Now I don't think he's gonna get 37. I think if he his agent asks for 37, they're going to laugh at him. Um but I do think 30, I do think 30 is possible. I get the point Lee is making. That's what I'm yes. saying. Yeah. I don't, I, I think the point Lee is making is that you have to be willing to bet on what you think his trajectory is and what you think his value is. And I happen to agree that even if they give him 30 million, we're just using that as a number, I do think that he still would have a lot of values for a lot of team. It would be a nice high number that you could put in the trade. Now, remember, you have a time before you'd be able to trade him. You wouldn't be able to trade him until, you know, the following January. Let's say they signed him to that. So it's not like you could use it in a deal immediately. But there is value to keep him quickly on his team. Like, how, here's the thing. How many teams can say they have another guard that good or a six-man that good? None. A guy who's a fringe, a fringe starter and could probably start on some teams in this league at point guard – it's not, it's not bad value. The thing, again, you got to think about the other flexibility stuff. How are you shaping this team? When Brunson takes up an even larger percentage of the cap, what are you going to do? That's the thing you got to really think about, and it's quickly part of your plans in the future. I think fans are going to maybe trip a little bit too much about the money, but if you gave them, what, we're talking 30, so four for 120 with a team option. Let me not, tell you another not, reason why. It's not bad. It's not bad for a six-man. Jay, I got one more I short mean, reason, then you can move on for me. There's something else I really like about Emmanuel quickly, and that's his faith. I like that he's an outward, me too. proud, acclaimed me too. believer, and that he brings that on the court, both with opposing teams, players, 
and the Nets players. It reminds me of how Allen Houston was with Charlie Ward in those late 90s teams. When everyone did together, they would say a prayer after a game, and it really united them and it helped create an identity. I, I'm not saying that you need to be Christian or that that's the right way to be, but I like there's a very high-character player on this team. Because if you're going to invest in somebody – Investing in character is one of the best things you can do. And yeah. he's always going to be that type of guy on and off the court. No trouble, no antics on Snapchat or TikTok. He's going to be there sp- spreading, in his word, his belief, the word of God. And he's going to be uniting this team through a shared faith. Man, I mean, you're investing in someone who has a high cultural capital. That's a great investment, no matter how you look at it. I personally like it because I, I feel like faith and faith and um, confidence kind of go hand in hand. So I feel like because he works hard and he has that faith and that kind of translates the confidence, he's going to reach his ceiling. I don't have a doubt. Go ahead, Ryan G. Go. I, I before you say anything, Ryan G. I re, I'm really looking forward to this answer <laughs> because if you guys watch the show, you know how usually Lee he's the one who's going to go all the way, right? That's usually how it goes. <laughs> like Lee's going to go all the way. But if there's somebody who's not going to go all the way, it's usually between me and Ryan G. And I might say Ryan G. even more so than me. Uh, we'll, we'll go the the other route. But Ryan G., what do you, what do you think? <laughs> okay, so here's my thing. Do I agree that the Knicks should pay quickly? Yes, but I also agree with the fact that the Knicks have to keep their flexibility in mind as well because – just for the simple fact now, I'm going to start off with what I'm saying with this. I don't know how signing quickly is going to affect the Knicks in terms of like first apron, second apron, etc. All I know is that when the Knicks go, if the Knicks go into that second apron when it comes to salary, it's going to be very hard to operate with that second apron. And you have to make sure that you have a team in place that's going to be a contender for years to come if you're going to enter that second apron when it comes to salary. <clears throat> And like I said, right now, I don't know if if the Knicks signing quickly to 30, 35 million is going to put them in that second apron. But I think what the Knicks are trying to do at the moment is they're trying to keep their flexibility and be like, OK, you know what? All right. Let's look at the team. At, let's look at the team this year. Do we have enough to where this team can be a constant contender to where we can resign these guys and go into that second apron where we know for a fact this team is going to contend year, year and year and year afterwards for a title? And where the Knicks are going to be strapped and they and they can't really make a move. It's, or it's going to be very difficult to make a move. So I think what the Knicks are trying to do at the moment is they're just trying to see how the team is at the moment and see how they perform. And that based on their performance this season, I think that's going to tell what the Knicks are going to do in the future, whether they're going to move on from quickly and try to trade for a piece that's going to turn the Knicks into that contending team. Or whether they're going to look at the roster and be like, you know what? What we have is good enough to challenge for a title. So, you know what? Yeah, we're going to resign quickly. We already know we're going to resign Brunson in the future. And we're going to stick with these guys and see where they take us. So, am I on board with signing quickly? Yes. But at the same time, I do understand where the Knicks are coming from. And I do like the fact that they are keeping that flexibility in hand. Just in case if they see that this team is not going to be a team that's going to compete, at least they have that flexibility to know that, you know what? We have we have pieces here that we could trade you know, before we get into that second apron to where we could bring that star player here and then be a contender for years to come down the road. Well said. Well said, Ryan G. Well said, my man. Because it both things can be true, right? You can value what Lee said in valuing him and also understand why the Knicks didn't sign him or come to a number. I think, listen, from what I hear and know, the Knicks love quickly. 
They love him to build in hard worker, all this stuff. This is what I hear from people around the team, but it's business. And Ryan hit the nail on the head. They want to keep that flexibility. This is what good organizations do. Mm-hmm. You don't want to get into that second apron with all those penalties that are coming when you're not a legit contender. Right now, the Knicks are fringe on the outside trying to be an actual NBA championship contender. They're not there yet, but they're trying to be like that. And so I actually think, again, this goes back to something I was saying to Jay Ellis earlier, which is like, this is part of the front office competence that you got to give credit for. You know, when you assess the risk reward, when you're looking at the values, not just as simple as just sign them and don't worry about the penalties and any of that stuff, that stuff matters. So I think Ryan is spot on. They are looking at this season to see what this team is at at the next, at the end of the season. Does somebody who we didn't think would be available pops up this year at the trade deadline pops up at right around the draft. Any of those things can happen. But the Knicks are now in a position where they have the flexibility. They got their picks. Had they signed quickly to the extension this offseason, they wouldn't have had that flexibility because they couldn't trade them until until next year. So, or the offseason. So I understand it, man. I, I think quickly is a really good player with a lot of value. But at the same time, I don't I don't I don't think it was the worst move in the world that the Knicks couldn't come to an agreement with them or some indictment on the front office or failure on their part. I think it's, it's business. It is what it is. You know, I, I think quickly he's going to get his money. I think Knicks fans would like to see him stick with the Knicks. Uh, it's my daughter's favorite Nick player. She does. She got the quickly Jersey. She loves quickly. Smart, so yeah. she'll be sad if he goes, but you know what it's, I think keeping flexibility is a smart move when you're not at the contender status. I think Ryan said it perfectly. I also think Lee's point is, a, is, is fantastic too on the value of quickly. Um, and if it comes down to that this offseason. So a lot of it depends on how this season plays out, guys. We just got to see. Do, do you think – I have a question. Do you think uh, the playoff, his playoff outing may have uh, made them a little hesitant hesitant too? Or maybe Evan, the Evan situation? I thought – you know, it's a good question, Ebony, because it's funny. When I was at media this day, day this year, somebody had asked him about that, about his playoff performance. I was thinking about asking him when he was at the podium. And um, I'm sure it probably did because he didn't shoot the ball well and he didn't seem as aggressive in the Miami series that we had seen him before. I also think – but I, I'll say this personally. I think we – we, and I mean as media, as fans, I think we have to look and say, like, look, this is the first time he had been in the second round on that stage right Mm -hmm. um players are going to have struggles i don't think that deterred them uh as much from giving the contract i think it's a lot more about what ryan was saying i think ryan hit the nail on the head i think it was them look assessing the situation and saying hmm we'd love to keep this player in our system but we need to have the flexibility i think that had more to do with it i think the organization is well aware of what quickly's makeup is and his work ethic and and how he is you hear nothing but great stuff about him so i i I think yes anytime somebody's a bad playoff performance it gives you you know pause for cause right where you're kind of like i I don't know um but you know i i think he's shown his focus this year bounce back i think it's more about the flexibility if you ask me i think it's really more about that for them than anything else i think they wanted to keep that flexibility and i think that was a smart move on their part you know, yes. as long as they, as long as they don't go out and trade for you know the wrong person, it, it'll look it'll look right. Yeah, and if they trade, it'll hurt me too to trade IQ. Definitely, oh, it'll hurt. I, <laughs> and, and, listen, and I get it because Knicks fans are proud that they. It's, you listen, we have to call a spade to what it is. IQ was a very good draft pick and find 
at 25. Fantastic. And the development of him, you give credit to him, you give credit to the coaching staff. So I think for a lot of Knicks fans, you want to see these homegrown guys nice. sort of grow along with the team. And I think there's fan, there's, excuse me, there's pride from the fan base in that development. So I completely understand that and, and get that. Um, but yeah, you know, I also think, you know, as a fan, I think fans should think about what Ryan said and think about how they're thinking about it from a business aspect and building this team long term. I think what if you ask every Nick fan, if you said, hey, I'm not going to put a name or a player. But if I said, hey, after this season, the next five years for the next five years, I'm not guaranteeing you a championship, but I'm saying for the next five years, you know that you will be a legit NBA title contender if the, with some flexibility to make some more moves. Knicks fans would sign up for that in a heartbeat. That's mm-hmm. that's what you want. So I think the team has to take the best chance they can get to try to accomplish that goal. I really believe they have yeah. to do that. All right. And I, when I say dumb, when I call them dumb, I don't really think they were dumb because I understand all of that to the T. I, me saying that they're done is me going, I knew this was going to happen. I knew he was going to get better because he's gotten better every single year. And I knew that price, that price tag is going to go up even higher. So that that that's really what that's really what I'm really saying. Um, the other thing for guys who don't know about the the the, the ramifications of reaching a second apron. One, when you reach the second apron, you do not have the ability to have a mid level exception. You only have low level. Mm-hmm. You only have the minimum available. Two, one of the the craziest things is when you're in that second apron, you're not allowed. You have less picks to trade it caps you on the picks to trade um i think you can only trade seven i believe was the number and if you're under the apron you can, you can trade as many as you want i think i believe that's what it is exactly i have to double check that but it caps you and also you know how teams when they get over that april you know how teams when they're like cap strapped and stuff they'll just wait for players who are cut to um to be picked up later after they they uh, pick up waivers. You lose the ability to pick up plays off waivers. So it really, it really caps you on how you can add talent. So you, you teams have to really be careful how you maneuver the books. So like if we do end up signing quickly, like what most likely is going to happen is those. I can see Hartenstein ended up leaving and then you're just going, you know, what was put Jericho Sims as the back of five and hope for the best. I can see something like that happening. If we do choose quickly, because like we said, we have to manage the cap. Um, so uh, this is going to be whew, next summer is going to be interesting. Next summer is it gonna is. Be it's, interesting. It, it's a it's a big summer for the Knicks. What in Lee, Lee brought up a point that he mentioned Jalen Brunson and what happened with the Mavericks. The one difference I just want to note is the Knicks, because Jalen Brunson was a second round pick, the Knicks have the ability to match any offer that comes through Emmanuel quickly, right? And it could also use him in a sign and trade. So even still in the summer, they have a little bit more flexibility in how they can operate with that. And I think that does matter here. So if the Knicks are don't have a position, the Knicks still have the position to, they're in the driver's seat with this. What they just, the one thing they got to be afraid of, just I also want to be fair, be totally complete on this. You got to be afraid of some team getting them to an offer sheet really quick, putting in a poison pill. Jeremy Lee. That could, that yeah, Jack Jeremy Lin. I saw somebody mention that in the chat, and I thought that was I thought that's a, that's a good point. So you want to be you have to be a little bit careful of that. So whatever you decide, 
It's going to be quickly after the draft, no pun intended, what it is that you want to do there. Like, you're going to have to decide with that. And the finances matter here. You know, I've seen some people in the chat saying, oh, you got to take care of your employees. And this isn't, most of us where we work, there's, I mean, everybody's a budget, but there's no salary cap, okay? And it doesn't prevent performance. It's not the same thing. The Knicks, I think, have shown to take care of the play. They've extended Barrett. They've extended Julius Randle, despite his up and down seasons, right? But it's a different, the NBA next year is going to be different. It's the point Ryan's making than it was the previous couple of years because of the second apron and the new collective bargaining agreement. So now it's going to be harder for teams that hit the luxury tax to acquire better players and pay. You're going to be more penalties on top of that. So how you build your team is going to matter. Finding value signings are going to matter. You just mentioned, made a great point, Jay Ellis. One of the casualties that could be depending on the percentage of the cap that quickly takes up is like, okay, Isaiah Hartenstein's a free agent next year. You might not be able to bring him back. Yep. But to that point, you made Jericho Sims. They signed him to a three-year deal last year, and he's on a really good value contract. So sometimes a move like they did like that, that's also a smart move because you might have been thinking ahead. Let's lock this guy in now where we have him on low value and it could extend a year before we have to worry about another backup center. So exactly. there's a lot of things in team building. It's not just, we all say it's easy because somebody else's money, but it's a lot of things you have to think about and more that you have to think about now with this new CBA. So it's just, it's it's really, it's, it's it, I know what you're saying, JL. What hurts your soul, man, yeah. is that, you know, like I said, it's the Fat Joe words. Yesterday's price is not today's yeah, price. Exactly. So it's, it hurts. I get it. I, yeah, <laughs> I get like, it. I, I know, I know why they did it. <laughs> like, theoretically, because I, I studied math, I study, I study this stuff. But my emotions, because uh, I'm an IQ fan, <laughs> so right. I just don't. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. No, nah, nah, I, I get it, man. I get it. Oh man, but yo, uh, salute to the chat and thank you. Oh, shout out to Alexander who sends a five dollars super chat. If you love the show, hit the like and subscribe. And shout out to Dexter. We always have great basketball conversations when Dexter is here. It's always a lot of fun happening over here. So yeah, salute to you guys and hope you're enjoying the show. I want to, I want to get into Dexter's brain a little bit. And if you almost at the twenty game mark of the season, like seventeen, so I, I just want to ask you, like, has anything surprised you about? The way this scene has gone so far. Oh, has anything surprised me? Damn, that's a good question. Um, I well, I'm the I think the biggest surprise, I I think for me personally, and I I feel like other Nick fans might feel this way too. I think the biggest surprise has to be it's probably a tie of two things. It's either the three-point shooting or RJ Barrett to start this season. Yes. Or Mitchell Robinson's dominance on the offensive mm. glass. Um, I'm probably more surprised by the latter with Robinson. Like, I think I thought he could be good, but not this good. And also how good he's been defensively. I think that's the thing that's actually probably getting lost a little bit more than the rebounding. It's like overall defensively, he's been really good. I think he's a deep boy candidate. Um, I think Rudy Gobert is probably the front runner for that right now again, but he's, he's gotta be right there with how good he's been. Uh, I mean, I mean, we got to think about where, Mitchell Robinson was two seasons ago. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, Lee talked about this, right? He's fouling, couldn't stay on the floor. Yep. Knicks fans were frustrated with this. Now he's a disciplined defender. He's not making the dumb fouls anymore. My one concern, and this was part of my concerns, Jay Ellis, that I had. My one concern is the free throw shooting. And I talked about this yeah. with Stefan Bondi the other day. Yeah. 
the free throw shooting is a major concern for the Knicks. And I, I think it's because we talked about, as I said, not who starts, guys, who closes Finishes, the yeah. games. Mm-hmm. Can you close games with Mitchell Robinson? You saw Coach Thibodeau do this against Miami, and I thought it was the right move. Hartenstein was playing well. The second unit was cooking. He was using Hartenstein at the high post for some really good passes and all of that. But Mitchell Robinson, they're going to use the hack of Mitch. Mm-hmm. He's, he's no confidence in his free throws. The last time I checked, he's shooting just over 38% from the line. I think it's a legit concern Bruh. for Nick fans. Um, I think they should be concerned about him and, and his ability to stay on the floor. But I think the surprise is just how good he's been on the glass, how good he's been defensively. Um, I would say that's probably the biggest surprise for me. Uh, but Mitch has got to – if he can get that free throw shooting to about even 60%, then you can keep him on the floor. But as a non-shooter and then you can't yeah. hit free throws – I don't care how good you are defensively. It's going to be tough to keep you on the floor late in games against elite teams. It's going to be really tough. Yeah, nah, I agree. You hit two free throws today, all right? T, 100% from the field today hey. from the free throw line. Let's hey. go. In a row. Hey, man, in hey, man. He's, got, he's got to keep that going, man. He's got to keep that confidence going. That's what happens. That's what happens when, when you have your high school coach sleep over, man. Get your free throws. <laughs> <laughs> story, that made way. all the difference. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, oh, exactly. Um, more questions, more questions, more questions, more questions. I had another question for I see yo, Ebony's over here smiling. Yo, if you don't know Dexter already, every time somebody compliments compliments me, Ebony's happy. So. <laughs> oh, oh e- e- Ebony, are you uh, are you the president of the Mitchell Robinson fan club? I yeah. guess, I, uh, I guess so. They they're trying to appoint me. I I, I took okay. the, the job. I appoint you. You took it, like you said. <laughs> she took it. <laughs> Now, um, okay. what you were saying uh, earlier about Grimes and RJ are talking about defense and how uh, it's two sides of the court that uh, you speak in my language. Um, I really believe that because, you know, we have offensive players who only play one side of the court. And nobody says anything. You know, why is it an issue when you have somebody, a dog on, the, you know, the other end? And and that I felt people were getting on Mitch a lot. And now Grimes, too. I feel like I got to step up for Grimes, even though he ain't giving me much to work with today. But, <laughs> but you know, I feel like I have to, you know, do that. Uh, I, I'm a defense kind of, a first kind of person. So, yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I, I think it ma- Like, here's the thing, though, right? Like, you can't, today's NBA, right? Like, you can't, you can't just be a player on one side of the ball. I mean, oh, either way. So, I, I'm a big believer that you need to have as many, the great, the best teams in this league have as a plethora of two-way players. And and those are the you look at Boston right now, even though they don't have the depth, there's they're, they're six strong, but they have a lot of good two way guys. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what helps. I think the more two way players you can acquire, the better. So to Lee's point, when you want to have the patience with Grimes, because, you know, he's so good on one side of the ball it matters. Now, he's going to have to hit his shots. I want to be very clear to the fans speaking out there. If he's just playing good, if he's being Tony Allen out there, that ain't going to work. Tony Allen can't play. No disrespect to Tony Allen, who's a fantastic defender. I'm just saying that kind of player can't work in the league anymore. Nope. You have to be good. It's the same point I'm making about Mitch. We all know Mitch is not going to be Hakeem Olajuwon in the post. Okay. We know he's not Joel Embiid, but as a rim running center, who's fantastic defensively and can get rebounds. If I'm going to play you in crunch time, you got to hit free throws. That's part of offense too, right? Mm-hmm. You got to be able to hit free throws. So it's what I think what you want is two way players that don't have glaring limitations that you can't play them 
on the floor when it's crunch time. That's what hurts teams. It's hard to have non-shooters or guys who have glaring offensive weaknesses. The thing is, we know Grimes can shoot. <laughs> that's why I'm not as worried about him. We know what he can do from downtown. And JL has talked about the play that's now in his heart forever and what he mm-hmm. did against Jimmy Butler at the end of, uh, I was at game three um, in, the, in the Heat series. You know what he also can do defensively. So I'm not worried about him. I really do think actually Mitch not hitting free throws is a bigger concern. And I think if he continues to not hit free throws, you know, the Knicks fans are, are smart and intelligent. It's going to get written about more. It's going to get talked about more. Um, so I think he knows that's something he's got to work on it, you know, and hopefully I don't know how long he needs his coach to stay with him or so he can go two for two again or whatever it may be. But I think that's something that's going to be, but yeah, the more two way players you can have. And I think fans can't forget about defense. It it, it matters too. And when you have a guy who's a, a, a dog who you've seen shoot. And that's the thing with me with Grimes. I think with Grimes, the confidence is the shot looks a little bit off in terms of his confidence, and then he looks hesitant to put the ball on the floor. Yeah. That's something I think um, to watch going. But, you know, I'm with Lee on this. I think you got to let him work through it. It's a process. You can't just write it off. And we know he's a talented guy, and Tibbs has empowered him. I think just let him be, and, and, and I, I think he'll figure it out, man. I think he'll figure it out. And yeah. if he doesn't, then he doesn't. I, I didn't get to answer that question, but real quick uh, – yeah. Yeah, with, with Grimes, I, I, I agree with Ryan and Lee uh, with the situation. Give him time. Like they said, give him time. Um, The game might really still just be fast for him. Um, mm-hmm. And I know they they say they don't listen to social media, but they do. So as fans, we got to try to get behind this young man because uh, he's not the first young player we had to start off slow. You know, we used to talk about RJ and his infamous slow start. So, like – um. Like let let him grow, just let him grow. He's doing at least he's doing something on the other side and not letting it affect that side of the basketball. So that that should show you know that he's still in in the in it you know or trying. Um, his confidence might be a little shaky right now, but before the injury had happened, he was getting into a rhythm. Um, so hopefully he can re- try to regain that because at one point he was like shooting forty percent, you know, um, from three point. So hopefully he could get that back. Maybe it's just like RJ, you know, the injury slowed him down a little bit. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think it's definitely fair. I agree. I agree. All right. I got, so you already mentioned this, right? Let me see if you had another answer. Deck. So you, you talk about the things that need to be that are wrong with the team so far. What do you see that you 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 think the Knicks should fix? You know, I know we so, have a successful season so far. Yeah, I, I know. It feels like... I, and, you know, we're coming off a win, but it, I know for some people it feels like a loss. I kind of get that. But they're 11-7. I think, I, I mean, the Knicks are right in striking distance for what I thought they could be. We talked about this before, JLS, right? They, they could be a top four seed in the East. I think that's realistic. I thought that was realistic coming in there. What I think they need to fix, um, Mitch Robinson definitely needs to fix his free throws. That, I, th- I think that's for sure. <laughs> um I think they have to fix their intensity. Like we talked about at the top of the show, they got to fix their intensity when it comes out to handling teams that are in the lower echelon of, of the league. You have to come out and eat the food that's there. Yeah. You got to, you got to, you got to finish that meal. You can't, you can't take nights off when Phoenix is down two stars. You can't take the role players there lightly. Yep. You can't take lightly this Detroit team because they've lost 15 in a row. If you want to get to that next level in terms of winning, that focus has to be there, particularly on the defensive end. Um, that's where I agree with Coach Thibodeau and what he said today. 
uh, to the media after the game and just being that the defensive end is where they needed to work. And he's right. The effort wasn't there. Um, these uh, two, two of the three games this week, you didn't see it from the start. Um, and if they're going to get into the in-season turn, you know, in-season tournament knockout round and they want to make noise against Milwaukee, they're going to have to give good defensive effort. So I think it's that. And I think the other thing for me, we were talking about this before we started the show, ball movement. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something to a little bit about what Josh Hart talked about the other day. I think the team is still a little too ISO heavy, too reliant on Brunson and Randall. I think that's easy to scheme against for good defenses in playoff situations. So I think there has to be more diversity in the offense in terms of moving the ball around, getting other guys involved, uh, and not just having clear, cleared out. One of my criticisms with the Knicks and watching them uh, as closely as I do has just been the offense has looked a bit antiquated. Uh, some of the sets they're running. I I, th- I think there could be a much more diversity in the offense. I'm somebody who believes in ball movement. I th- Listen, the fact you have Jalen Brunson is a player. He can cook for you in the fourth quarter. We saw this last year in the playoffs, in both rounds. We know what he can do. Great to have when things break down, but you got to get other guys involved. There has to be more ball movement. Some of the Knicks' best wins this season have been when they've been moving the ball really well saw that Mm -hmm. against miami you saw that in some of their other great wins i just think that's the thing that i think that's the two areas i think they can prove on but there's still time to improve it lisa there's a long season we are 18 games in i really like to judge a team when they're 25 games in or so it's it's still early i think knicks fans should be proud of the 11 7 11 and 7 start i think they should be proud they advanced to the knockout round of the in-season tournament i think that means something the knicks are going to play meaningful games uh, for a team that still has a lot of young players in a, a pressurized situation on the road next week. Um, and I th- just enjoy the ride, man. I think everybody's wondering who's the next star. Just enjoy the ride. You got to enjoy the ride. Yeah. Just yeah. Enjoy the ride. Yeah. I'm enjoying covering it. It's been fun. It has been, been, been fun. It's funny. I yeah. feel like, I feel like Tibbs is trying to put more movement into the team. He's doing it in the Tibbs way. It's still not like Golden State offense, you know, but. <laughs> But go the state going through it right now. Yeah, but he's done it in like a, a little Tibbs way. Oh, did we lead? Did we lose Dex? Uh, but <laughs> like, like so far, what I've seen is um, oh, he messed up his camera. Okay. <laughs> yeah, um, I was gonna say with the with the Josh, I call him emergency exit. I call him the emergency exit. They seem to look for him when the shot clock is expiring all the time. <laughs> <laughs> like, here you go, Josh. <laughs> you take it, Josh. Mm. No, nah, but I, I do, I do. I think uh we, we have to pass the ball. We have I agree with Dexter when he comes back. We have to pass the ball because every time we didn't hit 20 assists, except for one time that Boston game, I'm gonna keep mentioning um we've lost. So we Boston was the only game where we had over 20 assists and still lost, and that's because we missed like a billion free throws. Right. So <laughs> also that that'll that'll do it to you. Um I also feel like the like I still like I said we still struggle against those tall teams. Like I I remember playing the Timberwolves. The Timberwolves and the Pelicans specifically. That's that's let's go. Lee. The Timberwolves and the Pelicans specifically, those long teams with the long arms that can get into passing lanes and also cover the rim. We have trouble with those teams. I remember uh we got into the lane. We try to oh, we try to do a little drive and kick thing. The drive and kick wasn't there. That's a staple. Drive and kick wasn't there. You would drive. You try to kick, you, and the long arm would just poke the ball away. Mm-hmm. You know, you try to drive, and you got Rudy Gobert there. You trying to 
you will float over Ruby Gobert, you got nowhere to go. So there's certain times where I feel like our height still has us at a detriment. And it's like, even when we do try to pass the ball, you know, it's not going to work. But these these bottom feeder teams, like the Atlanta Hawks and those guys, we pass the ball, we're looking like savants against those teams. We, we, we get 28 assists those games, and it's all going well. But for us, I feel like the next step is figuring out how to pass the ball and get the right angles um, when we played those high, those high defense teams like the Celtics. The Celtics will switch every single play and promote ISO play and and take away the pick and roll because there's no roll. They're switching. So like how do you get assist when we play teams like that? We have to figure out a way to, to garner assists when we're playing these real tough uh, defensive teams. Yes, That's do. the way I see it. I- I agree. Um, I also agree with Gamers Channel too. I just looked down and says we need to close out on shooters. And yes. I totally, totally agree because playing like we play today is we can only beat Detroit. She's 20, the 25th and three-point shooting, and they were they were looking like the Splash Brothers was on their team today. I don't know. They was hot. I was expecting that. It's nothing new. You know, the who's of the who's. It always happens. The role players always get us. The people who who filling in always get us. It's nothing new. <laughs> it's nothing exactly. new. James Dolan's so, table. Yeah. So, yeah, we do. We do have to do a better job closing out on our shooters. Uh, I see uh, Brunson sometimes going under the screen. Man. Uh, even in uh, the Charlotte game, he kept losing Brandon Miller. I'm like, he hit yeah, five man. threes on us before, yeah. and now he's torching us now. Do not leave that man. Please don't do leave him. <laughs> do not leave that but, man, please. Yeah, but we, we you got to definitely do a better job with the shooting. Uh, I know Tibbs, by design, he wants people to shoot, but this is shooting league now. No, you he doesn't want people to shoot. He doesn't. That's the myth. He does not want people to shoot. He wants you to Protect the paint first, yes. and then go out to the shooters. The problem is we only do half of the job. That that's the problem. We go protect the paint, and then depending on how we feel that day, pulls out. Like there was one shot, um, Sasser. He was he was he was camped out in the corner three for like twenty minutes, and he was like, eh. or was it was that Hayes? I think it was Hayes actually. Hayes. It was Hayes. He was camped out the corner from for like twenty minutes, and I was like, "Is anybody gonna run out? They gonna even pretend to run out?" Like, so we we gotta be we have to just be more disciplined. We have to be more disciplined. But yeah, on both on both ends. Yeah, welcome back, Dex. Welcome back. Technical difficulties yeah, happen so, sometimes. Yeah, sorry, technical difficulties. My camp, my I had a new camera and it went out, and I had to switch to my other one. So it's fine. Got you, got you, got. Yeah, it happens. It happens. It happens. I'm back. But yeah, yeah, my we, we talked all about the ball movement thing. I'm, I'm gonna ask you. Oh, I, I, heard, I, yeah, I heard you guys. I was listening to you guys. I heard you everything you guys said. I heard everything you talked about there. Yeah, I thought you mentioned something good, JLS. Uh, you talking about size and how it impacts it, the impacts the team. And I think you mentioned um, Minnesota, how they match up. I was actually out in Minneapolis for that game. I, I saw that game, and um, yeah, they've been struggling at some bigger teams. It makes you think if the Knicks are going to address something in a trade, even if it's for a role player, they could add a, a bigger wing, but those are not easy to come by. Right. And there's all, everybody wants a six, eight wing who could be a two-way player. There's not a lot of them out there. Um, so yeah, it's, that's something that's definitely affects them. I thought that was a good point. Yeah. That's why. Sorry, I have, a, I, I'm part of the, the uh, I guess, Quietly, but it's getting louder. 
I'm, you know, I'm working my way up. I'm gonna put the Jacob Hive. So do you do you think that's a possibility? Uh, Jacob Toppin getting a, a shot. Oh, you asking about? I'm sorry, I cut out for a second. You asking about Jacob Toppin? Yeah, do you think that's actually a possibility? Something in house in case, just in case. It's crazy. Somebody had asked me that um, earlier today too. It's interesting because they still have that need for the back and forth. That was such a concern for people going into this year, right? Like, should they have a back and forth? I think you got to see a lot more from him. I wonder if he could be in a situation where he kind of comes in, he knows what his role is. He's going to, you know, maybe it's just to give some fouls. I, I, I think it's about how good can he defend at that next level? You know, it's yeah. one thing to see him do it in Westchester. It's another thing to be like, can you defend at the NBA level? Um and so I I I, th- I think it's it's an interesting look because they could use some size. Um, he shot the ball pretty well in Westchester. I got to be honest, I've I've read a little bit, but I haven't watched any of the Westchester Knicks yet this year to watch him play to fully comment on that. But from what I've read and looked at the numbers, he shot the ball well from three. It's just about how can he adjust to the speed at the NBA level. I think it's something. If the Knicks are going that route, that means they're going to be they're going to start to say they're getting cooked by some larger teams, like you guys were mentioning. Um, and if they got to go to Jacob Toppin before they can make a trade, I'm this is no shade to Jacob Toppin, but it would just say they're in a lot of trouble in terms <laughs> of getting cooked. In terms of getting cooked by those teams, um, I mean, like, look, listen, you can always give them a look, but I, I I think you're really reaching if you're looking there. That's all I'm saying. This, you know, like. Yeah. yeah, like if they gotta yeah. go there, it's like oh, no, that's okay. so, so, so basically don't don't really expect it. it might, they never nah, really nah. <laughs> they never really the only way I can see it is like you know how usually Miles Bride gets burned if somebody gets injured. Right. Like it like if Hart goes down, that would be probably the candidate where you could see him step up into that. But it's like, you know, you get, but I still, I'll say this, even if Josh Hart went down with an injury, we hope that he does not. But if Josh Hart went down with an injury, I feel like Tibbs would be like, nope, we're going to slide Miles McBride right up and make <laughs> RJ play some start in the back of four and keep this thing moving. Like that's, that's what he's going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think it says a lot that Tibbs liked his rotation the way it is and the Knicks didn't really address trying to get a back and forth. I wasn't as concerned about it as some other people were, mm-hmm. to be honest, heading into the season. Um, but we have seen how it's been problematic against some of the teams that the Knicks don't necessarily match up well with. JL has brought up Minnesota. You also look at Boston with mm-hmm. KP and the size that were there. Um, we'll see with Milwaukee, who has two big guys in Giannis and Brooke Lopez on Tuesday. So there's some... I think there's yeah. going to be some situations where it's going to rear its ugly head. The thing is, how do the Knicks address this? Who's a guy they can get that would fill that need? I've been thinking about this for a while. I don't know if you guys have any names. JLS, you got a name? You got yeah, I'll about that. Well, that was going to be my next question, actually. <laughs> like, oh, <he's> ready. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't. I don't. Somebody said Jacob Toppin won't be playing until we clinch a playoff seat. <laughs> <laughs> probably right. Probably you. Probably right. Um, I don't know, man. I've thought about this. Some names that are floating around there right now. As people have said, boy, I'm Bogdanovich uh, to come off the bench. But here's my thing: like I, I, Bogdanovich helps helps you helps you with shooting, and he doesn't really give you. He's got some decent size, but what's he doing for you defensively? Who's he stopping? I mean, at, 
I don't, I won't go that far. I was gonna say maybe I'd rather see Jacob Toppin. That's that's too far. It's too far. Um, <laughs> I would rather see. I, <laughs> yeah, oh, man. I would. I ain't gonna hold I, you. Yeah. I would too. You gonna say it? Damn. Um, hey, I, no. I'm, I'm, okay, hell I'm, no. I'm. I'm actually. God, God, I said hell now. I was looking in the chat. Some people said Kyle Anderson, who's an expiring contract. I'll tell you this: Timberwolves ain't moving no Kyle Anderson. Nope. That's yeah. that. They they love Kyle Anderson. Kyle Anderson's amazing. I was yeah. talking to some people around the Timberwolves. They like him as as a. I, while I agree with your, I like where the person's thinking. Yeah. Uh, somebody said Jermichael Green. A quick not feeling. a terrible, not yeah. a terrible option. I, I saw Mike Scott. Shout out to Mike. Yep, Dorian Finley Smith. But you would have to give up a lot to get him. I think, right? Like that's my opinion. I read two. I read two first is what they're asking for, which is too too much. I think that's their. I think that's their like you know scare people. Hmm. Yeah, and and plus, the, I mean, the Nets trading to the Knicks, like the Nets are gonna yeah, want something. For the Knicks, that's definitely gonna want something they, for Dorian. They, they got all the wings. They, 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 they not let him go for cheap. They, yeah, they got all right. the six eight wings over there. Everybody the same side on that team. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, no, I, but Dorian. Somebody said KJ Martin. So shout, shout out to Fritz. What's up, Fritz? Uh, KJ Martin. That's not. That's not a bad option. I don't, I don't. I don't mind. I don't mind that. It's what. What's the cost? I think that's more of the type of player you might be able to take a flyer on. Oh uh, yeah, his pops played here. Yeah. Um. I don't think that's. I think that's a decent option. But I think Philly's going to like him coming off his bench. So I don't see them. It's like you got to think about why are these other teams giving that up. Yeah. Um. In that situation, like yeah, Jermichael Green, KJ Martin. That's. I don't think those are. Terrible options as backup fours. I think, and it'll be cheaper than Boyan Bogdanovich. Dory Finney Smith will be nice because he's a three and D player. And I think you guys are onto something that the Nets would definitely try to uh, make the Knicks pay. And I don't yeah. know if I'm giving up two first for Dory Finney Smith. Maybe one, two. Like it's a little <laughs> steep. It's a little steep. We we always um, mention Jeremy Grant here, but like even the, the oh, you that's do. gonna be expensive. And he's expensive right now. He's expensive. No. Like not because no. even the the because you know what it is? You know what it is? Like I feel like you can slide RJ at the two, you can put him at the three, and then he can also be backup power forward. I feel like it, it solves two things at once. That's but with even with no the quickly that. thing wanting more money this year, this it's gonna make you even more complicated. Right. And you're gonna pay Jeremy Grant? Nah. Yeah, <laughs> no, nah, that goes to that goes to Ryan's point. That just that totally messes up the cap situation, depending on who you send out. But that totally that that's another high number that you're bringing in. Yeah, but that. he's 30 a year. He's pretty much 30 a year. It's just what he has long, he has a lot of years, but he's 30. What would you give? Yeah, what would you give up for him? <sighs> what would I give up? Cause you got to make the money match, so you're probably you, you're talking about Fournier and a couple of other pieces. They what if they say they want Fournier, Grimes, McBride, and a pick? I'd do that in a heartbeat. They probably want they probably want more than one. I, pick, feel, I feel like the money doesn't match though, but I would do that in a heartbeat. I would do it. And, and where are you play where are you playing Jeremy Grant? I'll play him at the three. What what about a little younger? Not too young, but a little younger, because they're having that it's a lot of uh, ruffled feathers right now. We'll go to the state, and uh, Kaminga maybe even, you know, or somebody in over there. I like okay. Kaminga. He just can't really. He's shooting, 
I like Fritz loves but, Kaminga. But I see, but Ebony, I like how you're thinking because you're like, let me go a little young upside and let me give Golden State some pieces they think that could help them win now. I don't think that's and you're and, and then you're banking on can you develop and get something out of him? I don't think that's crazy. I think in that vein, and I and it wouldn't cost you a whole whole lot. No. And listen, Golden State hasn't hit on their recent draft picks in the way that they thought they would. They 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 haven't right. I mean, Wiseman's not. Did we Wiseman? Did Wiseman get a DNP? He had a DNP no, yeah, tonight, yeah. right? He didn't even play. Wiseman's not even. That's crazy. That's Wiseman's crazy. Wiseman was the crazy, hero, man. and then. Crazy. That was their number one uh, pick, was it? No, was yeah, number two, number, number, number two overall. Number, yeah, number two, first yeah. round, number two overall. Yeah, two. Yeah. And, but I, I like how you're thinking that. Can you get somebody that you could, you know, get, develop something like Kaminga? Um, you said Kaminga or Moody. I remember what you said. No, Kaminga. They're not getting rid of Moody. They. I don't yeah. think they will let go of Moody. That's why they, I think they'll be more so uh, Kaminga because he Kaminga. hasn't. He's been really up and down. Down. And, Moody's been and, Moody's been shooting the ball well, even though I don't know why why Steve Kerr took him out the game the other night yeah, against the Kings. Yeah. That made no sense to me. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think. I think the way you're thinking on that and getting somebody that's got some size that could come in and and play and fit in with the young core. I don't, I don't think that's. It's almost like doing the Cam Reddish trade in a way again, right? Like thinking yeah. in that kind of vein. Can you take a flyer on somebody that didn't work somebody else, and can you get? Sometimes you need to change the scenery. I don't think I don't think thinking that way is is crazy, and he fits into the timeline of the team. I don't I don't he, I don't. I don't, I don't he expect. wouldn't have to do as much as maybe they're expecting on Golden State, depending on what we we uh get ship out for him. And I think it would mm-hmm. be cheap. We I don't think we would have to give up the world to get him here. Um, and just he's nah. a defender too. He he does he does play that end. So you know the after the length, why not? Yeah, I wonder what player they would want back in return that they think could help them right now. That's 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 the thing that would be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the player they would want in return that they think can really help them right now that the Knicks wouldn't have to give up too much, you know? So it's like, yeah, it's it's very it's be very interesting to see what what they'd want. But I like I like the thought process behind it. Yeah, yeah, I definitely like the thought process behind it. Um, man, I feel like we need me. You should be like KMC. Like, you got any of them wings? Like, we need wings, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Every, every, but yeah. every everybody, everybody need wings. I'm looking at some of the options people said in the chat. In the chat, somebody said Danilo Gallinari. Gallinari. We ain't gotta go back there. We ain't, we ain't gotta do that. Nah. Like, a, I mean, I mean, it's not. It's not Gallinari's not crazy, but it's just like why? Because you're asking you're asking to give you 15 minutes a night, but I don't trust the defense. Me neither. Um, at this yeah. stage. Me neither. Um, I think Gallinari's better suited for that role on a team where there'd be a lot less pressure on him to to fill and he could play 10 15 a night. Like he's still got something to give, but I'm not sure that's definitely what the Knicks need. Not sure about that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. He I would agree. need like a Denver team, uh Danilo. He yeah. would need like to play next mm. to Jokic or something. Jokic. something mm. Yeah, something like that. In Philly, yeah. Yeah, true, true. Yeah, true. somebody so somebody said yeah, Gallo was washed and shooting thirty one percent from three. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, a, I'm, I didn't even, I didn't realize, I didn't realize his his, his numbers, his numbers from downtown on that. So shout out to whoever said that numbers. Um, the rooster is yeah, washed. Nah, That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Uh, man, yeah, man. Yo. We'll see. Trade season's coming, guys. Trade season. Yeah, coming. trade season is coming. Definitely. Mike, come come to the show. We want to talk to you, Mike. Tracy is coming. Yo, I, I, yo, Jay Ellis, I'll set, I'll set that up. I'll connect. I'll connect you guys. Let's yo, go. Come-
you gotta you gotta get mike on for trade season man Definitely. um yeah shout out to the homie michael scotto man Definitely good, good, uh, good, appreciate good, this, man. Bro- Brooklyn guy, Brooklyn guy too. So good, good, good dude. Brooklyn guy, okay, okay, he gets another okay. shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah Bro- Brooklyn guy. BK, we outside. We outside. Come join the BK <laughs> pod. <laughs> Dallas, <laughs> Dallas is welcome too. Dallas is in the building. Shout out to him. I've got everything I wanted to ask you out my system. I don't know if you guys want to ask him anything or if Dexter wants to has wants to say anything. Uh, do I want to say anything? Uh, well, I just want to thank y'all for having me again. I mean, I, I'm always honored to come up here, um, and 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 talk with you guys and talk hoops. Uh, and not and after Nick's win, I think the last time I came was after a loss. So yeah, we had a great combo that day, though. <laughs> we had a great combo, though. So it was good. It's always it's always good times. I mean, and I'll say this: I'll say the message I say all the time coming on, like you know, happy to see y'all doing your thing. Um, we have to support independent media. Uh, especially for people of color. I will always keep preaching that message. We have to keep doing it. Uh, people of color, underrepresented communities, we have to continue to support each other and uplift. And I, I, one of the things I love to see in the Knicks community is, I've told you this, Jay Ellis, and I've told Ryan and mm-hmm. Lee, we've had this conversation now to you, Ebony, is just how everybody works together and uplifts each other. And no one person's bigger than anything. And we all, we all work together. Um, you know, Jay, Jay Ellis was able to come up with me on New York Got Game and mm-hmm. sit with me. Uh, Lee's been on with me multiple times. Uh, Ebony, I'd love to have you on too. Ryan, Let's we're gonna go. do some, Ryan, we're, we're gonna do something soon and connect. And it's been beautiful because you know, I, Jay Ellis and I, we we never even met till a couple months ago. We're Brooklyn guys, yeah, exactly. A couple, a couple months ago, um, when Jay came through to the studio, and so Ryan, Ryan and I, you know, we're gonna connect to Lee. I hope we definitely connect uh, soon one day. Um, but like, right. I appreciate all the people, all the fans. That watch your guys' content, my content, the next content we do. I just think it's beautiful that everybody can can work together and and understand that, that we're nothing without the people. You know, um, it's the people that all make this happen and and the, and the beautiful positive energy. So as long as long as we uh as long as we keep connecting, uh, you know, it's it it's dope. So th- shout out to all the people watching because I think you guys had one. I saw like ninety people watching. Yeah, yeah. And like that's on. Hey, y'all staying up with us at twelve. <laughs> 16 a.m. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you're, you're rocking. So shout out to the people, the people that are supporting and super chat, all that stuff. Like, I think those people, um, the fans commenting, I think they deserve love, too, because they're part of the uh, the media community and content creation community. And, yeah, I support that all, all day, man. So salute to y'all, man. That's that's it. I'm just salute to you guys because you guys are putting in the work, staying up late. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, you guys work jobs. I think that needs to be respected, too. Um, and staying up late and creating a content. So I'm sorry for being long winded, but I like to give the respect to the the creators out there that are doing good stuff. So I appreciate. Yeah, it. I just want to give y'all give y'all the salute. Now I will keep continuously support um, as long as y'all keep doing the good work, man. I'll I just, I, that means you be supporting for a very long time. <laughs> there we go. I like it. <laughs> I, 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 I saw in the chat somebody had a question that said, "What about Dante? Dante who?" Oh, I guess DiVincenzo. Oh, yeah. Oh, what do you think about Dante. Dante's contribution? I did see that. I did see that. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, Dante, Dante's been good, man. Dante's been doing exactly what I thought that he would do with the Knicks this year. I thought that was a very good signing. Um, I think he's a he's a really good shooter. He had three big he four threes today. He had three big ones in the fourth. Um, you see what he can do. He also 
gives a lot of effort on defense. You know, sometimes he gambles a little bit too much for steals, but I think he's a really, he fits into the culture and he's a solid, you know, he's a, you know, around average defender. He's, you know, but he's not a minus right. um, and he gives effort. And I think that's the point I was making before. I think, you know, when the Knicks made that signing, you can never not have enough players that give efforts on, on both ends. Hey, Ebony, I know you're nodding your head because just defense first. Right. <laughs> and I, 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 I think that matters. Also, I also, and I'll keep, bring this up and I hope we talk about this later in the year to Ryan's point. Cause I think Ryan's point will come out more and more is that, you know, he's a player that the Knicks were able to sign at a good number, right guys. Yep. And he is part of that flexibility. He's part of whether you want to move him, whether you want to keep him, yeah. he doesn't hurt the books in that way. He's a really good player. That was a really good contract. So yeah, I think Dante has been a good signing and it, it's not just, I know everybody talks about the Villanova Knicks and they got Hart and Brunson and Dante, you know, but these are guys, the three of them, that are winning kind of players, right? The 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 the, the, the they're winning kind of players. They play tough. Uh, I think they embody what the fans in New York want to see, and you know Dante's part of that. He's he's got a good vibe to him. I think he's good for the team. And look, and people like playing with guys they like playing with that they know are going to play hard. If you play hard, you want to just like we all at work. You don't want to work with people that you don't think are bringing it that are not doing their jobs. Exactly. You're frustrated. We we've all known these people at work. <laughs> You've been Facts. to work and like, man, this person ain't doing what they're supposed mm-hmm. to do. Mm-hmm. That's frustrating. It's the same thing. It's the same thing in hoops, man. So, you know, in anything that you do. So I, I think he's a guy that brings it and he fits in the culture very seamlessly. Um, I think it was a good signing by the Knicks. A very good value signing. I feel you. Still need a tall guy. That's why I, I graded the seat. <laughs> Oh, oh. oh yeah. wait, you, wait, 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 JLS, were you on the, uh, you, were you one of the people that was on the, you were mad Obi left? Were you one of those folks? Was I mad Obi left? Yeah, yeah you I was, I knew the writing was on the wall for sure. Um, yeah, I was upset. I was upset. Obi left. I was more upset at the, re- I think I was more upset at the return. Same. Then, cause like, Trash. cause there was a push pull with Randall and Obi from the beginning. So. You mean you mean from the fans? You talking about from the fans? No, I mean as far as minutes, like as far as like all right, we have this top minutes. ten okay. pick. We have mm-hmm. Julius Randle was on his way out. He ends up staying. Mm-hmm. He becomes an All NBA player, and you're like, all right, cool. I I understand how you not going to play Obi, but at the same time, I still felt like the coach didn't exactly use him the way that he was supposed to, and. Mm-hmm. There was also a time where, you know, the thumbs down year when Randall was just doing whatever he wanted to. I feel like there was ever time to play him. The time to play him was that year because I felt like Randall wasn't just wasn't being held accountable that year. I felt like he was just able not to play defense, trap back or whatever. And OB, and now was the time to play him. Um, but then, you know, Randall had all the NBA season. So it was like, all right, of course, you're going to play 10 minutes a game that game that, that year. But I, I just felt like when it came time when it came time to trade him, we ended up trading him to the Pacers, and we got two second round second picks round. for him, um, mm-hmm. which was like it's kind of like damn a lottery pick. We getting two second round picks. It's like all right, cool. Maybe well, maybe that's not his his value at this point. But the kick in the face was not only did we get two second round picks, we got the lower end. Of the second round picks available, so we got the picks in the fifties. <laughs> Not the, right. And here's the, the here's the thing, though. And I I, I might have said this on I forgot I was on somebody else's show. I might have said this, and I 
I understand the Knicks fans who wanted to see more from him as a lottery pick. The problem was when they were talking to other teams, and I heard this too, they're like, hey, we're trying to move Toppin. They're like, and they're like, hey, we want a first, the low first round pick. Teams is like, yeah, but what's his value? Y'all don't even play him. Like, right. how do we know? And I think that's what hurt him. So I think there's this way that I know Knicks fans wanted more, but the market was what it was. And I don't think anybody was going to give a first for a guy that the team wasn't playing. So it's it, so it's hard to be mad at the team for not playing him when they for all the reasons you mentioned, Jay Ellis, right? They had Randall was playing like a two all NBA, second team all NBA in three years. He, he did that. And the guy's not given playing time. So people are like, I don't really know what Obi Toppin is. And I think it was a fair question. Now, based on what Obi's been doing this season, I mean, are the Knicks really missing him? I mean, for his I role, see, like I we'll, say in them nine, ten minutes, yeah. For like, his you role, know, right? He had such a small, a small role. So, like that, I just, I always felt we never gave him a shot to try to see his strength with our offense. Like I, I do, felt, I felt we yeah. put like a, a, he was a Mari Stoudemire type of player with the pick and roll, maybe kind yeah. of. We tried to make him Steve Novak. Yeah, we try to play him because he was, Sean he was just, mm-hmm. Yeah, he was just standing in the corner hitting threes, right? <laughs> and, and, and yeah, I don't think I think that I think I think your assessment of what kind of player he is is accurate, Ebony. I just think that he just wasn't going to get the minutes here, yeah. and I know it hurts Knicks fans to hear this, but like the return was not great, but it's probably the best they could have done. I'm not sure they could have got better than that based on what I heard on what the market is. So, and and the problem was the lack of minutes. The lack of minutes is what affected the market and what they could have gotten for him. Now, here's the thing. And this is where I think the Knicks looked at it. I think they looked at it and said, man, we got heart. We could play him at the four. We get a guy like DiVincenzo. Obi, even though he was 6'10", he wasn't really killing it on the boards like that. No, he I wasn't said, really doing yeah, I said that on your show. Than him. I said that yeah, actually on you the said show. It, yeah, you said it to me. Yeah, I you said, said it to you. Right? <laughs> yeah, heart, Hart's a better rebounder than him. So they kind of looked at it. Now we can go back to the other point that we all agree on, which is the size has hurt them against certain teams. And this is the why we talked about all the possibilities. And we even get to the point of talking about Jacob Toppin. Like, like, that, like, yeah, it's bad against certain teams, but I understand why they looked at it and said, we'll we get a resign Hart, we'll put the money to a shooter in DiVincenzo because he can play in the Obi role and do what Obi did. And he's probably going to get as much rebounds as Obi. And I don't even try to throw shade at Obi because I actually liked Obi as a player. I think he was fun to watch in the open court. I think he can be very successful with Halliburton um, in that situation because I think Halliburton's that good. But I, I don't I don't think it's a move the Knicks fans should uh, lament over or be worried yeah. about going I'm loving him from a distance. There you yeah, go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> here's the thing, Dexter, because yeah. I got to debate on this on Twitter. I'm not saying he's worth a first-round pick. That's not what I'm saying yeah. at all. I'm saying he was a lottery pick. We didn't give him minutes. So his value drops. And then on top of that, I'm like, all right, cool. If we're going to get a second round pick, don't give me the don't give me the bottom of the barrel second round picks. Like at least give me a rotational. Like you get rotational pieces at least, right? Semi-rotational pieces in what? Like the 40s and the 40s, right? They give us like 
<laughs> I'm gonna just say only thing I'm gonna say to that is like I know, and you rarely find somebody at, at pick fifty five. Although uh, Jericho yeah, Sims, I know got Jericho Sims. I know you got you got Jericho Sims. You know, uh, wasn't where was Manu Ginobili drafted? Wasn't he like fifty seven? Was Manu Ginobili like fifty? I'm not saying they're gonna find Manu Ginobili. I'm just I'm just saying you never know. <laughs> and here's the thing: if, if, if they if they if they find their Manu Ginobili, Jayellis, they gonna come for you with this clip. They no, come for me. Come for me because the probability that happening is is very low. It happens. It happens look, a lot. But if you statistically look at where people are drafted and their success right. rate, yes. very few people work out. Drafted in the fifties, very few. But the thing, the other thing too is you never know what they can flip that that second rounder into. So it's really always hard to project that stuff. And you know, look, Obi, Obi is a you know, you know, six uh, eight. I know I misspoke and said he was six ten. I saw somebody in the chat was ready to get me. Sorry, six <laughs> eight. Apologize. Um, is a six eight power forward who didn't rebound that well. But his value, like you said, Jay, like we talked about, his value was low because he didn't get the minutes. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of teams looked at the Knicks and was like, man, we're not giving you no first rounder for this. Now, could they probably have got a higher second rounder? Yeah, but maybe nobody was even willing to give them two except for the Pacers. Yeah. Like we that's because, the thing. We don't know a lot of the trade right. negotiations. So I don't know. Because when I when at the trade deadline I read, there were several teams interested in OP. So I'm like, if there's several teams last, interested in right, OB, somebody's year. gonna, someone can give you a higher second round where the probability having a, a bench player is available. That's, that's yeah. my, that was my whole point. You got to win I off think, on the whole OB chant, OB tangent. <laughs> you had a whole, I, I, yeah, I didn't think I didn't think we was gonna go there, but uh, <laughs> yeah, man. Um, I yeah, some people kept coming in with the stats that Obi's a minus twelve for for Indiana this season. Yeah, he's not been. He's not been. He's had a couple nights where he's been really good. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's, it's defense. It's it's always going to be a defense. It's, it's a defense. Yeah, and that's and I mean that whole that team doesn't play any defense. It at is, all. so but, it doesn't help. Yeah, they don't. No. <laughs> it doesn't help. So it's, they're it's, just trying it's, to outscore you. Yeah. Yeah, they're just trying to outscore you, and so that that's that's kind of what I mean when I say, and I really mean this to the Knicks Nation out there: Are the Knicks really missing Obi Toppin? Are nope. they missing? Are they missing Cam Reddish for the folks out there? That nope. was the Cam, the Cam Hive. Lee and I have talked about this. The Cam Hive that was out there, right? Like, are they really missing wow. those players? No, we're no, plus I six. Think, yeah, plus six right. bench. The, the, the Knicks bench has been really good. I think they found players that work in their system for what they do, um, and I think that's fine. And I think they have a, a bunch of some solid two way players. You know, the Knicks, as I think everybody knows, they're a star away from really contending. Mm. This. This is what the team is. This is what they are. This is what it is. This is what the team is right now. Mm-hmm. It's and the Knicks have a lot of picks and a lot of assets and some good tradable players. It's not a bad place to be in, guys. It's not a bad place to be in. You could be worse. That you could be worse. You want to be on the cusp, as Ryan said. I'm gonna keep coming back to Ryan's point. Before you got to start paying the luxury tax in those aprons, you want to be on the cusp with flexibility and assets. That's where you want to be. That's where the Knicks at, and you. And while you're doing that, you want to build a winning culture. This team has a chance to make the playoffs for the three three times in the last four years. We'll see if they can get past the second round to Eastern Conference Finals. We'll see. For the longtime Knicks fans listening, watching in the chat, y'all ain't seen competency in a long time. Mm-hmm. Enjoy the short run of competency. Definitely enjoy, Just enjoy it. it. It ain't that bad. Definitely That's all I gotta it. say. That's it for me. Definitely enjoy it. <laughs> I uh I said that I'm I'm more confident in us finding gems in the later round than I am with our lottery picks. So I'm cool. I'm <laughs> oh, cool with, with with hey. late round picks. I'm cool. Hey. Give, yo, no, give more. me a bunch of pick twenty fives, and I think we're gonna be, <laughs> we have an all star team in three. <laughs> 
he seems to make it work. Listen, Ebony's not wrong on this, right? You got IQ at 25, who Lee is values very well, right? Grimes at the same pick. Mm -hmm. He's a starter, despite his struggles. You got Mitchell Robinson, who was the what first second first second pick of the second yes, round, early early second round, early mm-hmm. second round, and he's a starter. And we're talking about him as a defensive player of the year candidate. Okay, Tech, I know the Knicks didn't draft Jalen Brunson, but he's a second round pick. All right, I, I I really I keep I say I've said this on a lot of other shows. It's like you can find talent in a lot of different places. Lee talked about. I think Lee was saying this before we started talking about Tibbs doesn't get credit for the development. Um, that I think he should. And I, I think that needs to be addressed. I don't think the Knicks have got enough credit for the development, even RJ with his struggles as a number three. And the Knicks have hit on some good late and second round picks. Um, and that should be applauded. Like you can make a legitimate case, say there's no stars, but, and that's fine. fine. I mean, I think Brunson's a star, but not one that they drafted. So, but like, yeah, they've hit better late. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know, JLS. Maybe that pick number fifty-five. They might strike on that. Listen, I'm just saying. I don't know. I listen, don't know. I will relish in being wrong. <laughs> relish in it. I'm not one of these fans where it's like, oh, it's my take or the Knicks. Are... No, if I'm wrong, you'll take it. I'll gladly take it. I thought Julius Randle was finished two seasons ago. I was like, trade Julius Randle at all costs, and he turned it around. I have not said that since then. Now I still have my yeah. gripes about him, but right. <laughs> I'm like, well, oh, maybe we can figure something out. And if the right piece comes along, my, my tone changed. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I, I can respect that. Just same way, you know, Lee and I were talking before. This before I respect Lee. Lee had his his criticisms of Tibbs, and he was fine to have the criticism of Tibbs. The first time I came to the show, we talked about it, right, Lee? And yeah. Lee. Lee is, you know, he's seen different things in the way things played out, and he's give credit where credit is done. We can all do that. We can be objective. Yeah, you know what I mean. We, we, we can so talk about things and be, and be, yeah, and be critical. And it's okay to change your mind. You don't have to lean into a take or a stance the whole time. Like mm-hmm. one, that's not even healthy. It's not even good. There's enough of that on Twitter, bro. There's <laughs> <laughs> people twelve toes deep on some ass. Nah, man, yeah, this that's the moving goalpost. They Hall of Fame reaching. Hall of Fame. Ah, yeah, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay to be wrong. And it's okay to just say, oh, okay, I had that take and it was, mm-hmm. you know, this is what I felt at the time. And it's fine. Exactly. You know, like we, it's so we can evolve as people, man. We can evolve our yeah. takes. We don't got to stand in there all the exactly. time. Before Lee was here, I didn't want to, that same COVID year. I was like, Tibbs, I'm done with him. Mm-hmm. The year before Lee got here, I said, Tibbs, I'm done yeah. with him. And then yeah. he, he, he coached better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I came on and you're like, ah, actually, this guy's insane. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cool with Tibbs as long as he's not so stubborn, but that's the problem. He's stubborn. Like, you know, that's what he's Yeah, doing. I know he's stubborn. I definitely know he's <laughs> stubborn. I think, I think he's made some adjustments yeah. uh, more than Knicks fans have given Yeah, he's grown. For. He's grown. Yeah. He's grown. And it's, that was the whole point we're talking about, right? Like, any, all of us can grow. Um, players can grow. Coaches can grow. Journalists can grow. Consequences can We can all grow. Um, fans can go it so yeah man it, it it can it can definitely happen it can definitely happen but i looked at the time and i was like i gotta get it out yeah yeah George we all got we all got work. i even recognize the time yeah and so the fans were still with us so exactly you, y'all y'all still rocking heavy in the chat so shout out to people jamie gamer channel Corey lee alexander uh the organic Knicks fan show jamaica shout out to jamaica queens who sent a 10 out super chat and i hit the gunshots for you who says showing love to the channel appreciate that um, also, shout out to Alexander who sent the five dollars to a chat earlier. Um, I forgot what your comment said, but I appreciate you. Um, 
Yeah. If you like the show, hit that like button, subscribe, share. We here after every game talking Knicks basketball, high level Knicks talk, jokes, all that. Uh, we usually do oo picks and bro picks, but it's so late. I think you're gonna have to say oh, that. Oh man, something. come on, bro. Let's do them. Do them. Yeah. All right, all right, all right, all right. I, I have a couple of quick bro picks. Okay, I do it. All right. Just very quick though. Um, it, it took place at a game tonight with um, the Knicks and the Pistons. You know, we were criticized that Kate Cunningham in his defense, but that boy sure do not play offense because there were two plays in the fourth quarter where one play he had Mitch doing the stanky leg on one play, <laughs> and on another play, and another play he crossed up. He crossed up Dante so bad. Dante was like, "Oh, which way did he go?" Yeah, yeah I didn't see like, that. Well, one way he went the Bruh. other way. <laughs> That's, that's like the bad things I have for tonight. <laughs> yeah, I did see the which way he go one. That was he was he was turned around a little bit. He played hard though. He that boy played hard. He hit some good threes though. <laughs> <laughs> that boy played hard. All right, four four of eight from the field, all threes. Shout out to them. yes sir, yes sir. What what you got, Lee? Uh, my bro pitch. Trigger warning to all the partisan conservative right wing Republicans out there. Henry Kissinger died. Couldn't be happier about that. Uh, my main man was security <laughs> advisor and secretary of state under one of the worst presidents of all time, Richard Nixon. And from 1969 to 1973, he did what's called carpet batting in Cambodia. He was in charge of a lot of proxy wars, meaning the United States was involved in terms of funding and training, but not actually troops on the ground. And one of those proxy wars was in Cambodia during the Civil War. And his carpet batting, ones that declassified documents later said that he authorized every single bomb that was dropped it killed 150,000 civilians was called operation menu look that up uh 3875 cambodians were uh bombs were dropped on cambodia during wow. his tenure he was a very evil man and you can always tell the character of one's soul when they pass away you look at who wishes them you know good things and cause them good mm. character and he was shouted out by George W Bush Vladimir Putin Jean Jinping and Benjamin Netanyahu, and that's a list of all-time Mount Rushmore bums, war criminals, and thieves. So, uh, rest in pieces, Bruh. All right, got a history Oops. lesson from Lee. As at Lee, Lee will always go left. Appreciate going left, Lee. <laughs> a bum's a bum, right? Yeah, Lee will come in all shapes, sizes, I had a bruh pick, but I'm gonna go with, with the bruh pick because I, I I saw it too. I'm a, I'm gonna go with Kevin Knox's braids. I, I I saw it too. I don't know what, oh, I don't know what that was. Oh, yeah. Oh, she ran on, oh, she ran on that man's hairstyle. God damn. Oh no. That's it. That's it. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree because I was I was looking trying to figure it out. I ain't going for. I was staring for a minute. You never know, look like what's going on. You're supposed to be paying attention to the game. I'm like, what's going on there? Oh, <laughs> damn. damn, that man, that man couldn't win there. That was damn. cold. Damn, damn. That was cold. Damn. All right, I didn't think he was on there, but we went there. All right, cool. <laughs> <That> is... <laughs> it's a bro pick second. Sorry, what's the Knicks always, Nick? I still like you, Kevin. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad he's still on, you know, he got found the team. Yeah, well. I'm glad he's still on the team and producing and he's getting his shot. Yeah, he, he he just need to get a better bread. Yeah, it's just a little better a better <laughs> hairstyle. You came to New York, you could have hit any of them salons up. You know, we got plenty of got plenty, plenty of, of Africans. braid your hair, yeah. quick, fast, in a hurry. You know that. All right. I'm, I'm... <laughs> Sorry, Kev. Call it call it weird strike. All right. Okay. <laughs> still, All right. Still love you, Kev. <laughs> 
that that's our show. Yo, KOT, please, 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 please support Dexter. He put us. Yes. He put us on his show. We was like one of the first content creators. No, we were the first content creators to actually be on this show. So KOT. Yeah, on yeah, on uh on the New York Got Game. Yeah, KOT was the first. Yeah, we were uh, the first content creators on yeah. his show live in the studio. Yeah. Dexter shows us so much love. Thanks. He really does. Coolest dude. Thanks. So I don't care what's everybody who's here supporting this channel. Whenever he drops something over there, go over there and run up the numbers, please. Please, please. Appreciate, he gives us so much love. Appreciate y'all. Yeah, for appreciate, sure. For appreciate sure. y'all, man. Appreciate y'all. Thank you. It was a pleasure hours. meeting you. But yeah. Yeah, so. same, same Ebony. I like I like the energy and flavor you're bringing to the KOT family. Um, I love everything you do. Oh, and shout shout out that Nick Tac Toe show. Had uh Jay Ellis on to talk about that. Love Let's the show. go. Yes, love, yes. Love, 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 love what y'all doing with that, man. Love, love what you're doing that. Shout out to Nick's Omni fan too. Uh, the wonderful ladies there doing a great job. Yeah, Let's shout, shout out to yeah, those are my girls, yo. They, yeah, they're yeah, good same. people. They're really yeah. good people. Always, always, always show me love when I see them at Knicks games or anywhere. So yeah, definitely shout out to them too. Yeah. So yeah, Dexter, just let them know where they can find you, where to follow you. What you can follow me on all social media platforms at D Henry TV. Uh, catch me on the New York Post YouTube channel, SNY YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe button on that. I host two, I host do a bunch of videos, but I host two shows New York Sports Rapid Rundown that drops every Saturday, and New York Got Game, which is a basketball show talking about everything in New York. That drops every Monday at noon. We're going to be talking some Knicks basketball this week. Uh, I actually got a special guest. Can't tell. I got a former Knicks player coming on with me this week. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got a former, go. we got a former, we got a former Nick. Um, I think people will like that. We're going to talk to him a little bit, and we're going to talk about the uh, upcoming game Don't against Milwaukee. <laughs> no, and I, I see you whispering. I, I, I'll tell I'll tell y'all when we done with the recording. I'll okay, okay, okay. <laughs> yo, Ebony, let them know they can find you. Oh, actually, yo, Ebony, you be on like six hundred shows. I can't even keep up with all the shows you do, yo. You be talking about you be working mad hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just I was on a uh, big step. I was on Queen Steph's uh podcast yesterday. Uh, ladies nice. night. You had a ladies a ladies panel, so that was pretty dope. Yeah, if y'all could go check that out, you mm -hmm. know. Um, and um, yeah, understand. every pregame, I do spaces on Twitter. You know, Mad Nick fan, you can find me every pregame and mm -hmm. in postgame. You know, I'm here every so, every postgame with KOT family. So mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So support that as well. Support the the, the pregame stuff as well. All right, uh, yeah, Lee, let me know if we find you, man. At Twitter, uh, arguing with the bums. Appreciate sure the love that I got today from the non bums. My post about my mom's it was kind of a surprise outpouring of love and support from people i didn't even know follow me man it was like great to see it everyone had nicks in their in their bio too i was like damn i love this fan base i love this family mm -hmm. uh at underscore lee estrobedo l-e-e-e-s-c-o-p-b-e-d-o my mom's name is cindy please lift her name up in prayer absolutely shout out to cindy all right ryan g let him know what you can find me on Twitter at Ryan G K O T. You can also find me on Instagram at Sir G is chilling. Sir G is chilling. That's S I R G is C H I L L I N. All right. Yo, yo, Ryan. I actually just thought of something real quick. Uh, I know you'll be back here around the holiday. You know, you know what's coming up that you and I got to talk about. We got a little Liverpool versus uh, Arsenal. Coming oh. up right before Christmas, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I, just got, but, but I don't know anybody's fan of the EPL soccer. I just gotta let 
Ryan, no, here on the KLT show that <laughs> Liverpool's going to take care of business at the top of the table. We'll see right now. Right now, Arsenal's top of the table. We got the, we got the lead right now, so we'll see. Oh, Shaq's yeah, right We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> Lee, 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 hopefully, hopefully, I, hopefully I see Ryan. About, one of us is not going to be happy when we see each other. It's probably going to yeah, be that. Yeah, that is true, yeah. <laughs> Although I'll be happy to see Ryan. Of course, I'll be happy to see Ryan. <laughs> Well, yes, I need some trash talk in that episode, all right? On camera trash talk, <laughs> all right? Good. All right, yo, you already know. Follow us on Twitter at DKOT Show. Also, follow us on Instagram as well at The Naked Time Show and Facebook on The Naked Time Show as well. Also, catch that latest. We, we did some, we did a Nick Tac Toe. Check out Nick Tac Toe. We posted that yesterday. We had Millie versus my man Millie. Gaming Channel. Shout out to Chat Gaming Channel. Gamer Channel. Yeah, go. yeah. We got more to come. If you want to be on the show, hit us up. Also, shout to Phil Porto in the chat. Somebody else asked yeah. me to shout him out. You're the man, Porto, baby. Yeah, yeah. Shout out, out to you, shout out brother to Hector. <laughs> shout out to Zen Seven Rick, and yeah, that's it, man. And uh, shout, shout out Sherwin. No surprise, he's a huge uh, Richard Nixon fan. Not shocking at all. All shout right, out <laughs> and he can't, you already know. IQ, IQ, IQ had that off game, so he's it. <laughs> Here comes like, Sherwin, baby. We don't have to, don't have to play with Waldo today. We're Sherwin, we don't have to play it today. Didn't, didn't see uh, Sherwin for boy. the IQ comeback game versus Miami, though. <laughs> we ducking that smoke, <laughs> ducking that smoke. <laughs> that is our show. Yeah, guys, and as always, you know the deal. Shout out to World Wide West. Everywhere we go, we leave a worldwide mess. It's a mess out here in these Knicks YouTube streets. That is our show. We out there. <laughs> Peace. <laughs>